deep in London's beating heart lies a wall. A lock don't be if you know the call. For if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see. Cause the wizard world is opened up as has the griffin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Shrieking Shack. This is a Harry Potter reread podcast for lapsed fans. I am your host, DC. And I'm Liz. And Liz, I just did amazing audio surgery in real time. I am I am the god. I feel like I have just conquered Mount Olympus. We were we were having a, a conversation on Discord before we started here. Mm-hmm. And I forgot that Discord manages my mic input separately from the computer, right? Like it Discord has its own settings. Right. Hit start. I start doing my my patented hello everyone and welcome blah 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 and I realized uh-oh audio is very very low going into audacity and so I had to like move it up in between sentences here so hopefully no one notices but I'm just a little peek behind the the scenes for people here yeah I think this is um sort of what the new top gun movie is about probably ooh have you seen the new top gun yet no no, but I assume I, it's about that, right? You gotta about, go, go, correct, go up, go up higher. Yeah. No, go down, go down. <laughs> A little to the left. Your mic, your mic input's all fucked. Turn crisp on. We can't hear you at the the aerial tower. <laughs> Pe- people are using too much automatic. Uh, uh, audio uh, mixing stuff. Uh, we need a real pilot to teach these podcasters how to really mix. Yeah, I think we have to make Top Gun jokes now because, mm. you know, we were kind of making jokes about Morbius uh, maybe before the mainstream jokes started happening. Yeah. A little uh, bit, but before it's Morbid <laughs> time, before he morbs yeah. all over, right? Because, yeah. you know, we were talking about Morbius the living vampire, but now, now we can't, so I think we... We can only joke about Top Gun. Similar to Goblin Mode, I feel like we 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 touch on these things as you know right at the beginning, mm-hmm. and and then you know like a, a month or two later, it's fucking everywhere, and I'm like, oh right, I forgot we did that at one yeah, point. Yeah, <laughs> that's like that's like something that gives me you know gives me pause sometimes because you know when you're when you're listening at the time and 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 we're either. Uh, just by happenstance before it becomes an in-joke or we're like writing that initial wave, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, people are listening to this podcast, you know, years later. Right. Time compression is going to make it seem like m- maybe we're a little cringe. And look, we are, I am I am very cringe, but like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, this, this whole situation. <laughs> we're, we're, I am 30 years old. I, like, I've, and I'm, and I'm making Morbius jokes, like at any, at any point, really. Like, I, I will, I will cop to a little bit, but, but just, <laughs> just in my defense here. Mm-hmm. We, listen, we're, we, we are cutting edge 30 year olds. That's right. That's why we weren't saying it. We weren't saying Morbin time. None of that. All we said was go see Morbius, the living vampire, which is or, like sort of the don't. anti anti joke, right? <laughs> oh God, yeah. I seeing the. I'd like forgotten about the Morbius thing. I was like, that's a funny word to say. We got all those great comments from people saying they remembered the cartoon and how he was like. He had like vampire hands instead of like sucking on people, right? Like, vampire like, hands. Yeah, and he like in the X Men cartoon, he like touches people and like like he he sucks the energy through his hands because he's an energy pla- vampire. Plasma. He's a he gets plasma or whatever because they can't say blood because it's Isn't a kids that show. Just- 
isn't that the the water of the blood? Yeah, I, I okay, mean, okay. you know, g- yeah. g- g- kids show writers have some clever ways to get around some of this, I guess. But uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> we're gonna, un- I'm gonna, we're, we have to unalive the bad guy or whatever, right? But yeah. Then, but but then I like just forgot about it until like last week when. Like, I just started seeing fan, like, like, you know, it's time to get off the train of anything when you're at the point where, like, the, the, the main thing people are doing is drawing anime girls saying the joke. Oh, sure. If you're drawing a sexy anime lady doing the, like, just saying the meme. Right. This, it is time to, you are whatever. So no matter how funny you still find it, uh, that's the point where you, you know, that's the canary in the coal mine. It's time to leave. You can't keep saying it anymore you have to course correct like in top gun like like tom (laughs) cruise does in top gun yes yes absolutely god it does it does look kind of good is the thing the top sure yeah like they're flying they're they're really flying those planes uh they're doing some stunts i'm i'm here for it i'll I'll go see that i've heard that they got the song they did the piano scene i think yeah that's, that's all good fun lady gaga's doing the like the ballad for it wonderful so love a ballad speaking of going to see films i have one item of news this week for harry potter um tomorrow in fact the day that patreon subscribers will be listening to this fantastic beasts the secrets of dumbledore will be on hbo max (laughs) well 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 Looks like we have a. Looks like I don't we have, have a, that, so I guess I'm off the hook. Well, unfortunately, I do because I have to watch all my little <laughs> stories. I have to watch Succession. I have to watch Eastbound and Down. I have to watch all my little right, stories. Right, your stories. Mm-hmm. My sto- I love my stories. I love I love that show about the Lakers. I don't know anything about basketball, but I love John C. Riley. Sure. Uh, but yeah, so I will have access to. Um, uh fantastic beasts and i guess i will we'll have to this this this, uh, i I feel so resigned but it's time we've got to cover this we've got to got to do our diligence here yeah i guess so (laughs) i'm not happy about it don't sound too excited Um, i will try (laughs) uh i guess that's that 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 will feel weird that i like genuinely that might be the last Fantastic Beast movie we ever have to watch. I hope, I hope, and pray to God that that is true. Um, but, but there was a point where we were prepared for five of these, and I don't think that's happening anymore. Somehow, <laughs> that's that's good to hear. Jude, Jude Law is signed up to do a Star Wars TV show next year, so like oh, he's he jumped busy. on a different franchise, huh? Jump different different franchise, and presumably, I mean, it's TV, so it has like a much longer filming schedule right so like he's booked jude, jude law is not going to be filming another fucking fantastic beast movie next year i don't think like that's uh what kind of star pretty... wars guy is he gonna be so the i i it was very vague this was all happening it was the celebration like like the big star wars convention this this week mm-hmm. um and I guess they were announcing some like far off projects. They were showing they like they showed the trailer for that Andor show from for about the guy from Rogue One. Uh, but they 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 talked about a new show, and the the pitch was like 
it's about a bunch of kids who get lost in space and, and they go on like Star Wars adventures. But then the only cast member they announced was Jude Law and like none of the, the young actors. And so I've got to assume my, my guess is that this is going to be like Star Wars Stranger Things and he's going to be like the Sheriff Hopper for them, you know, like he's it's going to be he, he's going to be like the 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 goofy the goofy adult who's helping them solve mysteries. That would be my guess. I have no clue. Like they, they literally just said it's called this. It's called Skeleton Crew. It's got Jude Law. Uh, it's coming out next year. Like that's it. Alternate theory: mm-hmm. Star Wars Voyager. Jude Ooh. Law is the hologram doctor. Yeah. Oh fuck. See, so much better. So much better. <laughs> immediately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, yeah. I. I. I <laughs> I would be I would be so much more on board for that. Um, right. Uh, I I've been you know I I said I said the first episode of that new Star Trek was pretty good. I watched a couple more. Still pretty good. Like I said, mid TNG, not bad. All right, uh, all right. It's it's you know like the if I'm watching TNG and I'm getting to a mid episode, which there are a lot of, I'm probably skipping it. But for new television in 2022, mid. Mid TNG is like an oasis in the desert for me. Uh, right. Yeah. But, yeah di- different, different context, I guess. You know, mm-hmm. like, got to take what you can get with Star Trek. Uh, Your stories aren't cutting it. <laughs> well, I'm all caught up on my stories. Uh, <laughs> right, I'm right. All, I'm all caught up on my stories. I watch, I'm all the way through Succession. I'm all the way through uh, the basketball show. I can't keep forgetting the name of the show that I watched the entire se- Winning Time. <laughs> winning Time. Uh I'm watching Black Sails, the the pirate Game of Thrones. Oh sure, yeah. Um, yeah, like I don't know, like I, I'm run, I'm running out of my stories. So if Star Trek can can you know keep pumping out something worth watching, I'll I'll be there. I'll be there for sure. <sighs> are you watching? What are your stories? Are you watching any stories? Oh, I'm watching DS9 again. See, yeah. that's the thing is, I'm not really yeah. a mid TNG episode person. I'm a DS9 <laughs> person. Yeah. Well, okay. I mean, DS9 is the best Star Trek. Thank I, you. I think that I think we can codify that as like the official Shriekcast op- opinion here. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Un- unbeatable DS9. Yeah. Um, but just just squint at the politics and pretend you don't know anything. <laughs> Pretend you don't know anything. Uh, uh, yeah. It's I mean... just that easy. <laughs> just have no geopolitical context. <laughs> to be fair, some of the bad politics makes for some very good character drama. So. Oh, definitely. The character drama is where it's at. Yeah, like that's that's what you're there for. Um Yeah, no, DS9 DS9 fucking slaps. Uh that's now that's a good story. That's a story to worth getting into. It is, um, yeah. Where are you at? Where are you at right now? Do you, mm, do, well, do you watch the first season when you rewatch DS9? No. Okay. Mm, just... I watch like a couple episodes that I remember being good and they never mm-hmm. are. <laughs> yeah, season one of any Star Trek, you gotta... Yeah, it's not good. But I'm I'm in the good stuff, you know. The Dominion War is sort of kicking off. Um, I've just had the episode where they, um, you know, go to Earth to convince the president to, like, up security. And then Cisco's dad is like, I don't respect this security theater. And then, like, a rogue group of cadets does treason. Yeah. It rocks. Yeah, that's a great episode. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. ooh. 
Uh, can, can you tell there's a lot of Harry Potter excitement here at the moment? We're talking about Top Gun. We're talking about Morpheus. <laughs> we're talking about Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, because we're so looking forward to the movie. If we talk oh, about it, gotta... it's just excruciating. Yeah, yeah. yeah we'll get too. I will. I will vibrate at a, <laughs> at a high frequency if I talk too long about my excitement for Fantastic Beasts. The hold on, hold on. I can remember the title: Fantastic Beasts: The Secrets of Dumbledore. Secrets of Dumbledore, secrets which I don't think Dumbledore. there are any. Like, they're secrets to the other characters, but not to the audience, I, maybe, I, is what I, I've heard. <laughs> right. Like, so, the one, I like, I haven't, like, actively sought out much, res- re- like, response yet, other than, like, what I've seen on, like, the Harry Potter subreddit and stuff. But, but one running theme does seem to be that um, there are no new secrets of Dumbledore in the film. Uh, which is very funny. Can you imagine if, if, like, the Star Wars prequels tried to, like, pretend that you didn't know Anakin would become Darth Vader? Like, if the last one was called, like, Anakin's Secret? <laughs> What's Anakin up to? Anakin's... <laughs> Anakin's later occupation. What will it be? <laughs> Speaking of Star Wars and stories, you gonna watch, you gonna watch the Obi-Wan show? It's got Hayden... Got Hayden in it. I was sort of dragged kicking and screaming to see the Mandalorian, so I'm like, maybe I could, th- I would theoretically watch the Obi Wan show, but we'll see. You're right; it does have Hayden, so that's a pretty big draw. You y- and Hayden, I will show up for. Uh, mm-hmm. I I don't, you know, the prequels are bad movies overall, but like, I love those guys. Yeah, he, sa- he says hello there. You know, like what? What? what, what ha- am I made of stone? Do I not think it's funny when Obi Wan says hello there? Like, it is funny. Yeah, exactly. There's some funny moments in that one, <laughs> and their their charming friendship gone. The, and the tra- and the ensuing tragedy. <laughs> I Fantastic Beasts. I'm, I'm look. I'm, I'm I'm struggling to stay on topic here because I'm just so excited about Fantastic Beasts. Yeah, uh, that's also one of our stories. <laughs> Fantastic Beasts. This could be the end of the story. What if, what if, what if the story is over after, right. what will we do? What will we do? Yeah. You know, there's a little bit of excitement, but also perhaps we're putting off a little bit of grief, you know, like when it, when a story is over, we'll have post Potter depression, like they say on the subreddit. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> well, it's kind of like, I, I don't know if other people have this problem that I have where I play a video game for like 80 hours and then I get to like the last part of it, like the last yeah. hour or so. And then I just stop. And I don't know why I'm just like, yeah, well, I I made it to the end, so why finish it? <laughs> I don't know what this problem is that I have, but maybe maybe the same thing is happening to me with Fantastic Beasts. I'm like, ooh, mm, I love this so, I, so I much, <laughs> but I can't face the ending. I, I had this with um, the Final Fantasy VII remake. Oh. Where I, I, I got literally right to like the final boss of that, and then I was like, well... Um, I've done all the side quests. I've seen everything. Uh, I'll start something else and finish this later. And I, I don't know is is that because I was so attached to the characters, I didn't want to see the end, or is it because I just felt like I was done? I'm not really sure. Honestly, did you have an attempt on the boss? No, I literally like recognized that it was boss time, and and was like, nope, I, I, I should, I, because one thing, it's a Final Fantasy game, so like you know the last boss is gonna have like ten forms and like right, take yeah. two hours or whatever. So I was like, okay, I, this looks like I'm heading into the final boss, so I will, 
I will stop here. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I, this happened to me I, too. I haven't gone back yet. Yeah, I, I played Bravely Second for like ninety hours. I did oh, one yeah. attempt. I did one attempt on the last boss, and then I was like, "Okay, I'm done." I'm like, <laughs> I, I saw the last boss. What else is there? <laughs> I I beat it, and then the game's over. <laughs> what is that? Why do I do that? <laughs> I like the Final Fantasy VII remake. I mean, like, like I was having a good time. It was weird, but like, like I, I was into it. Uh, and then uh, I just stopped. I was just like, well, I've seen most of it. I've seen ninety nine percent. Why, why don't I want that last percent? I don't know. I'm dying to know if other people have this problem. They yeah. must. Yeah, I, I've I've done this with a lot of games. Or, or the other thing too is where I will get halfway through a game and stop. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I never know whether that's on me or whether that's on the game for having like a sluggish middle part. You know what I mean? Like, like whose whose fault is that? That's where the padding kicks in for sure. Yeah, yeah. And like, but but see, that's the paradox, right? It's it's like if if there's too much padding, I will bounce early. But if I run out of padding that I want to do, I'll bounce at ninety percent. So like, what? <laughs> What? 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 Is this on me? Is this on a game? I don't, I don't really know. This it's like... impossible to say. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, stay excited um, because I guess I guess we will be watching that movie soon. But other than that, all all's quiet on the Potter front. Thank God. Uh, mm-hmm. We had a big big news burst last week, but but the beast has returned to its slumber. Fingers crossed for now. Uh, until whenever we next get a big blowout on the game, I guess. Yeah, um, yeah. Which, which is soon, probably. I don't know. I feel, I feel, you know, the the cup of water on my desk is it's shaking Jurassic Park style. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I know, I know that's coming. But until then, uh, why don't we pretend it's not and get into some Twilight for this week? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, uh, what's our format this week? I think, my, so I, I think we have another chapter pair where we are basically in lockstep, right? Because I think so. In in my chapter, what happens is Bella is in a car and then she gets out of the car and the chapter's over. That's exactly right. So let's do it together. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I will start. Edward drives Bella home while she lists her observations of his odd behavior for these past few weeks. He admits that he can hear, he can in fact read minds and explains how it works. It's like constant feedback, but he can attune to certain people's thoughts once he gets used to them. He likens uh, it to tuning a radio. Bella's mind, however, is still impossible for him to hear. This confuses and upsets her. She wonders aloud if her mind is, quote, broken, to which Edward points out she is talking to a guy who just admitted he can read minds. Uh, Finally, they stop dancing around the subject and Bella tells Edward about her theory. He is a vampire. He asks how she got to this conclusion, and she tells him about her encounter with Jacob on the beach. Edward admits that he is, in fact, a vampire, which Bella finds extremely cool for a moment before he reminds her that that means that he drinks blood. He then debunks several myths about vampires and explains that he is what is jokingly referred to as a vegetarian vampire. When Bella senses that he's building up to a breakup speech, she gets visibly upset. This gets Edward emotional as well. The feelings are mutual. Uh, he drops her off at home and promises to meet her at school the next day. Getting ready for bed that evening, Bella admits to herself that she is in love with a vampire. Ooh. Ooh. Wonderful. Um, 
I will do mine real quick. It is going to be quick, though, because I have an identical conversation that I won't rehash here. Um, This is uh, uh, Vela managing to, you know, put Edward off on asking about her theory, blah, blah, blah. They have the conversation, as you detailed. Um, Edward is very conflicted. It's sort of his uh, internal thoughts or that he's really upset about hurting her, but is worried that if they're together, he'll hurt her more. Um, And so has to sort of, you know, build up to the the pseudo uh, breakup uh, speech that that she suspects, but is, you know, cursing himself for for hurting her so much. I'll just skip it because that's really just the entire conversation. <laughs> um, however, don't forget, Edward doesn't sleep. So we have some time to account ah, for here. Of course. <laughs> um, Edward, you know, drops Bella off at home uh, and then drives back to his vampire house where he um, sees Alice, um, who has, you know, been sort of seeing some visions of him while he's gone, but is, is pleased that things went well um, and is excited to finally meet Bella, probably since Edward has kind of come around to um, the inevitability of the situation. Um, Edward then goes and talks to Carlisle uh, because Edward has had the internal revelation that while he doesn't think that he should go back and kill the serial killer guy, um, he's going to have Carlisle do it for him because if he did it, it would uh, not be justice. It would be vengeance. Uh, And so Carlisle gets his uh, doctor bag and they set off. Uh, Edward points out the, the evil guy to Carlisle and then leaves to, to leave Carlisle to do the dark deed. Um, and then he goes and watches Bella sleep again. Um, he brings <laughs> he brings her a blanket because she looks cold. Oh. Um, and has a little thought. A lot, well, I say little. It's a long internal monologue about how she doesn't have a guardian angel, but perhaps she has a guardian vampire. Ooh, a guardian devil. And that's the end of the chapter. <laughs> Every time we have a chapter that's, like, really close like this, I'm like, surely Liz will not reveal something completely <laughs> fucking insane happening in on Edward's side this time. Right. However. However. <laughs> you forget that Edward does not sleep. Edward does not sleep, and so there's so much extra room for bonkers shit to happen. Yeah. Wow. Okay, well, I can't wait to talk about that, but I, I guess we should go in order here. Yeah, we um, must talk about the romance. The romance in the car. Um, I, I really enjoyed this chapter, even though it is uh, primarily it's just sort of a... It's, it's weird, right? It's like a reverse info dump, right? Where, where it is the... It's information that we've known for a long time and have been guessing for a while. Um, but it's the protagonist letting Edward know that she knows all the information, and so so it's just sort of like a like a uh, like a marker, like okay, we we have progressed to this point in the story where they both know, right? Like it, it, there's not that much going on, but there's a lot of fun character stuff here mm-hmm. that, that made it like feel valuable to read. Um, I like that this entire conversation is happening at like a hundred miles an hour in his Volvo. It, it, like there's a there's a 
Uh, there I, and I don't know how intentional it is, but it feels like there is sort of like a sense of humor about all of this that that is uh, enjoyable. Yeah, um, I had a tough time with it. I was surprised that this scene happened because my movie memory had overwritten this. Um, mm-hmm. Because I think this is one of the scenes that was really sort of clowned on. Um, people made a lot of jokes because I, if I'm remembering correctly, they switched it in the movie. They are not in the Volvo and they're like in the woods and it's like very atmospheric and Edward is like, like say it. And she's like a vampire. You're a vampire mm, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I was like shocked that this conversation was just happening casually in the Volvo. <laughs> in, a, in a car. Yeah. Yeah. It was it, because this feels like a huge moment sort mm-hmm. of, um, even though it's something that we've known, but it's, it's very casual. Yeah. It, it's like, Something that that just works for me with these two characters that we like we've touched on a lot, but I think here really like solidifies it is that both of these characters are incredibly myopic people, mm-hmm. um, and that is uh, it, it, it's it's fun to to read them both being incredibly like. Uh, uh, cynical, but like past each other in like opposite directions, right? Like she uh, uh, is terrified that he's driving the way he is because he's a vampire, um, <laughs> and he uh, like, like she just like doesn't recognize that like this is part of his like insane vampire powers or whatever, <laughs> and he also cannot understand that uh, that she does not like being in stuck in this car going a hundred miles an hour and, and does that. And like, so they're just having, it's like a, it's like a, a, like a bitter married couple conversation from like a, like a, you know, seventies like comedy or whatever. But one, one of them is a vampire. You know what I mean? Like they are having this absolutely mundane argument. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's very funny when she's like, you're going to crash. Like you're, you're crazy. Like what the hell are you doing? The fact that his answer was just like, I've never crashed before. (laughs) I've never crashed. Um, I've never gotten a ticket and I've never crashed. I've never been pulled over. Getting in trouble is a fake idea. (laughs) (laughs) It is like, like she is, um, uh, completely you know being being very reasonable here but at the same time her being reasonable and like like justifiably terrified is just like it's it's hard to square that with the with the reality that also like like when when the reality is that this guy is also a vampire it's just like that's that's a really funny thing to make the primary like (laughs) tension in this chapter right right the there you know the the she is she is learning that the supernatural is real um but the primary like uh fear that she has is like you're gonna get pulled over <laughs> like this is we're yeah, going his too answer fast. isn't isn't like that's part of my powers it's <laughs> i have never crashed before I've never crashed before it's yeah it's uh it's a very funny way to to open this chapter about her learning that indeed he is a fucking vampire like not only that but it's like the stalling for time before she will like tell him her theory is that it's like yeah. okay i'm going to tell you 
wait, are you driving 100 miles per hour? And then they have this back and forth. It's yeah. so funny. Yeah. And also, this is uh, this is after him opening the chapter, or at least my chapter, with uh, one of the most insane sentences I've ever heard that she just sort of blows past, which is that uh, he followed her scent to get to to get to Port <laughs> Angeles. Like, yeah, she's not like, oh, is that part of my reading? <laughs> <laughs> There's a really good see it, it, this this all. I I I I need to stop saying this because because it, it's going to be the whole book, but it, but it is true. Where where part of my delight reading this stuff is, I just have no clue what is intentionally funny and what isn't. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter because I think it serves Bella. Like what I'm enjoying about Bella as a character is her sort of like dry reaction to everything. Mm -hmm. And, and when, when Edward says that while they're driving a hundred miles an hour, um, he says, he says, fine, then I followed your scent. And Bella's thoughts are, he looked at the road, giving me time to compose my face. I couldn't think of an acceptable response to that, but I filed it carefully away for future study. (laughs) (laughs) I will think about this later. I'm compartmentalizing this. (laughs) (laughs) She, uh, her, uh, this chapter benefits a lot from her first person commentary on, on, on everything that she's being told and that she's uh telling him um again there's just this sense of like her reaction to the supernatural being real is so like like she's very accepting of it like like she's not passing out you know like she isn't fainting or whatever because she's found out that magic is real um she just seems kind of like annoyed by the logistics like yeah. it's a thing it's a thing that's like getting in it's it's a thing that's like getting in between her and this guy and like like that's sort of like the uh the 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 most it bothers her is it's like well like i well i still really like you even though you're a vampire but like you know what what do you what do you eat <laughs> you know she's just like annoyed by it almost yeah i mean for edward's part um He's having this very dramatic internal reaction where where he's just like, she doesn't think I'm a monster. She isn't scared. What a fool. Like, that's his whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, like, fun, right? I mean, like, it, it's, th- this is, Twilight is such a classic, you know, we sort of touched on this last week, but it's like, the, it's the, the taming the beast romantic fantasy, right? Like, this mm-hmm. is a very, very standard uh, 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 like romantic character setup i mean this is yeah this is beauty and the beast this is, this is so many things especially in like the monster literally the monster romance genre right um hmm. but something that makes bella really fun here is that it's like edward is the one who is most concerned about the monster thing <laughs> and- and that is common, I feel, in this kind of thing. Like, like it, it is, it is very often um, a, a a a trope that is sort of there to allow the uh, uh, the the monster characters like pathos to come through, right? Like, like you know, they're the they're they're the ones who who need to uh, uh, learn something about themselves, right? The protagonist kind of helps them do that. But and, and this is a similar thing, except. Bella is <laughs> so unconflicted about it. Like she is she is like 
the, the there there is no there is no part where she finds out he's a monster and she flees to the wind to, to the her part of the mansion and like shuts her door right and has to <laughs> has to process this she's done processing she's just like okay i i think you're a vampire that's fine i guess like an annoying i guess but whatever like she yeah like can you so can you go out in the sun or, it, it, or what? Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, like, can you go out? Can you go out in the sun? Can do, do mirrors hurt you? Like, she's she's just so uh, uh, matter of fact about it. There's like a refreshing. She has skipped the step where uh, uh, they're like driven apart by their differences, right? Like, she is just on board already, which is, uh, I yeah, I, I don't know. Like, it, it, it's moving at a at a nice clip uh, mm-hmm. is what I'll say. I guess. Her reactions were always wrong, always completely wrong. She pulled danger toward herself. She invited it. Uh, he's very mad about this, about her uh, not taking this seriously, not recognizing the monster uh-huh. that he is. That's so interesting. It's so interesting that Midnight Sun's c- contribution to Twilight is to make it almost more of a traditional romance novel mm-hmm. a little bit there. Or like it, a, like a, yeah. It's it's odd because it also just never really goes out of its way to say, like how he's monstrous. Mm-hmm. But I guess it is literally like he could drink human blood, right? Yeah, I I almost wonder if that concept was introduced too early to the story, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like there's an element almost of uh, where it feels like he was a vegetarian quote unquote vampire from the start to, to make it less questionable. If that makes any sense, like he's there already, right? Like, like he, he doesn't, he doesn't attack humans. He, uh, only drinks animal blood, you know, for, for as many, uh, transgressions as he has uh, committed breaking into her room to watch her sleep. Like he, his first impulse is to stay away from her. Cause he like understands that he's dangerous. So he, he's like, very self-aware about his his status right like Mm -hmm. he is at a point very far along in i I feel like this kind of character's development like he's at the midpoint almost where like the 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 monster is like tried to change but then fails at something and then decides like yo i i have to shove you away this is not never gonna work but he's he starts at that point right bella's not the catalyst or like yeah it which is odd um we'll get to it when we talk about the carlisle edward stuff but um carlisle because edward can read his thoughts has this like almost goes through the motions of thinking like wow Bella's really making Edward a better person and making him really compassionate and all this stuff. And it's like, well, not really. Like, it, nothing really <laughs> cha- – it, it is going through the motions about something that didn't really happen. Like, he was yeah. already there. Yeah, because I, I, could, I, I, could, I could see her – or rather – I'm kind of of two minds on this, honestly, because there's part of me that, that really enjoys that Bella – uh, is not like pushed away by the fact that he's a vampire, right? And she she is just on board from the jump. Um, but I feel like that might be even more interesting if that was maybe a little more naive on her part, and Edward was a lot more dangerous up front because he he he. Uh, 
it, it, it feels like there was an opportunity for Edward to be much more of an evil vampire before he met Bella, right? And then they both have to make a decision. Whereas his his thing here is is really like he's just being passive um uh to to her advances and 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 her wishes here uh and i don't know it just makes for 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 an odd an odd place for him to start out as as a character i i i i i i have a hard time like like if i if i zoom out and think about like you know what what are what is the path these two characters are on and what and what is this like thing that's bringing them together is is that it's kind of nothing really like like none of them is having to make a big decision about changing their behavior or anything um he he is already not going to attack humans and she is already committed to going after this guy even though he's a vampire right like 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 we are it's it's oddly conflictless in that regard. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's funny um, because right at the edges, at least in Midnight Sun, and I don't think that this information is in the original Twilight, although I could mm-hmm. be wrong. I'm sure that you learn a little bit more about the Colin family eventually. But what you do learn in Midnight Sun is that that's basically what is happening with Jasper um, because Jasper and Alice are together mm-hmm. and Jasper is new to being a vegetarian and for whatever reason whether it's because he's new to it or or his like personality he's having like a really hard time with it but has to keep it up because he wants to be with Alice mm-hmm. and the other vampires are kind of like holding him back right and making sure that he, he doesn't like crack or or whatever it is right. um so that is sort of happening elsewhere um, <laughs> but not to the main character but not to the main characters huh that's so interesting that because yeah like that that would be i mean this is this is a hard thing to i, I like i i both appreciate that it's not just stock storytelling right like like part of the fun here is how again like how how myopic the characters are and how um uh weirdly mundane this love story it is despite being supernatural like those are things i am enjoying mm-hmm. um but it is also very interesting to me how many uh how how much of that uh, uh how much of the novel not feeling stock is uh maybe because of things being removed to taste if that makes any sense right yeah. like like is it is is this you know as we as we know like Stephanie Meyer like didn't set out to write a YA novel this just sort of became one but at the same time her religion kind of comes through a lot in this story and, and like what the fantasies are about and there's influence that that is very clear here based on her like tastes and and, and faith and whatnot and it it's funny to, to me to think about like well. Are these things, you know, the idea that, that that Edward could have been like a much more vicious, truly scary vampire before meeting Bella, is that being taken away just a just a fun way to make the book feel lower stakes and make this this relationship feel much more human, even though he is not human? Or is it just a happenstance of like, well, I don't want, you know, I can't have this book be too violent, right? Or or too, I can't have this guy be too irredeemable, right? Like it's, 
there's an interesting tension there, I guess, of like where where is the where is this coming from? What molded the story to where it is uh, as a final product? Mm-hmm. But some of that stuff is still in there, right? Like he still has like his past being um, like Dexter vampire. So I'm not sure why that has to be far in the rear view rather than like what's going on with him now. Yeah, although that that too I feel is almost a little still a little. Um, uh, uh, like softened, right? Like, like he, like, like, like Dexter is, you know, a very violent person, obviously. But like that, that he's still like presented as only killing the bad guys, right? Yeah, he's sort of gone. It's like he goes one step. The like he's one step back from all of that, right? Because it's like his Dexter time was bad, right? That mm-hmm. has been judged to be a bad thing. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I mean, all, I mean, this is like a great example of sort of the morality um, that comes through here. This is um, as he's having, and in fact, I, I will say like when he's going to have Carlisle kill the serial killer guy, um, I 100% thought that was the case until I looked at the wiki and he's actually um, going to send him to be like send him to jail um but anyway (laughs) uh, edward says to carlisle yes almost i have a dilemma carlisle you see i want very much to kill him the words started to flow fast and passionate so much but i know that would be wrong because it would be vengeance not justice all anger no impartiality still it can't be right to leave a serial rapist and murderer wandering port angeles i don't know the humans there but i can't let someone else take bella's place as his victim those other women it's not right yeah huh that 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 is a Dexter speech right there. Right? Like, thank you, yeah. Edward. Thank you, Edward. <laughs> thank you, Edward. <laughs> Ally Edward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> huh. So he he does still have that in him, just we we don't see it in Twilight. That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. The, the the thing the things Midnight Sun is choosing to fill out are fascinating to me. It 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 it, it simultaneously feels like it's like undoing a lot of what's interesting about Edward from from my book's perspective, but also I guess does feel like it's backfilling some things, some ideas that maybe feel like they were sanded a little too smooth in my book. Maybe is mm-hmm. is 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 uh, something I've noticed here. Like like it, it, it's a thin, it's a it's 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 an interesting tightrope. Uh, Twilight, the original, is walking here. I think between yeah. like being delightfully mundane and understated, um, and being just like free of any any sense that Edward is actually dangerous at all. Yeah, it feels like that conflict has just already been resolved when we yeah. come to the come to the book. Yeah, yeah. I mean like like that 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 does make for some fun stuff. I mean like this conversation they have in the car that it, I mean like like the idea of him just admitting he is a vampire in the car is already ludicrous, right? Like that's just a very <laughs> funny scene to imagine. Yeah. But her then just le- leaping into like Okay, so can you eat garlic? You know, is really just like there's a there's a there's a comedy to this that I I appreciate. Uh, you know, so I, I guess I guess no matter what the answer is, whether this was just uh, uh, sanding Edward down to make him more approachable and and, and less problematic uh, a character to to enjoy, or whether it's just by happenstance, it doesn't really matter. I guess because like the end result is a very 
fun, strange scene um, of of Bella just not kind of not reacting to him being a vampire at all. I mean, it is a little bit of comedy that Edward has been sanded so far down that it's almost like all of the shocking parts are taken away, but then Bella's also not shocked by it because there is nothing yeah. shocking there anymore. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, the the strongest emotional reactions Bella has in this chapter are, are you know, there's the big one, obviously, where she she's worried that, that he she's about to get dumped, more or less, um, and she starts to tear up. Um, before that, her sort of largest reaction is in the middle of the conversation, uh, where Edward is, is explaining how his mind reading powers work. She's like, oh no, is my mind broken? Is that why you can't read? Oh, I've always thought I was a freak. And he has to be like, I'm a vampire. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> You've got to get some perspective here, Bella. He's right. <laughs> He's... <laughs> He's right. I mean, like, like Bella is very like she she's a solipsist in a, in a in a in a way, right? Like like everything in her world sort of revolves around her and comes back to her and like her wants and and, and desires, and that's a fun thing. That's a, that's a fun thing for like a romance protagonist. I don't know. Like she is so. Uh, like like self-centered is the wrong word because she's not because like like she's not stuck up in the way that like Lauren is right. I think I am choosing the right yeah Lauren character the bitch. there. <laughs> yes, the moments where she kind of drops this like noir detective facade are only when uh she has to like talk to someone or if she thinks about Edward not dating her basically like she 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 has a drive she knows what she wants i don't know exactly how to ask this because because the part of my book was very confusing at least i read it in a confusing way which is that um edward is sort of saying things to her that is clear that makes her cry right yeah but in mine I couldn't figure out why, like how she was interpreting it, because he doesn't really say that much, and he has no perspective into what she's thinking. Mm -hmm. And to me, I like I don't read this as like a potential breakup because there's no relationship on the table to begin <laughs> right. with, right? Yeah. So it's like, from my perspective, very confusing because they're talking about him being a vampire, and then she just starts crying. Um, for her, like, internal monologue, is is she like, oh, this means he's not going to go on a date with me? There's a, there's a moment... Yeah, I think this is actually handled as, like, a pretty good character moment for, for Bella, actually. Um, so, the, the... The conversation they have revolves around his uh, uh, read on her... That, you know, he can't read her mind, obviously, but he can tell that she's observant, right? And he keeps coming back to this, like, oh, like, like you're, no, nothing gets by you, Bella, right? Like, like that's <laughs> kind of her, his perspective in this conversation. Yeah. Um, but the moment she realizes that things are not going her way is just a moment of her being observant about his behavior, where, um, uh, here, let me find... Uh, so it's when they're talking about him not being at school. Um, 
Uh, he says, well, you asked if the sun hurt me and it doesn't, but I can't go out in the sunlight, at least not where anyone can see. Why? I'll show you sometime, he promised. I thought about it for a moment. You might have called me, I decided. He was puzzled, but I knew you were safe. But I didn't know where you were. I, I hesitated, dropping my eyes. What? His voice was compelling. I didn't like it, not seeing you. It makes me anxious, too. I blushed to be saying this out loud. I glanced up, apprehensive, and saw that his expression was pained. Ah, he groaned quietly. This is wrong. Uh, and so, like, she she starts crying after that because she's like, she expect. I, I think the sense I get is that she expected this m- to be, like, her anime confession, right? Like, like oh. this is her big moment. And his reaction to it is like, ugh. Like, this is... I can't do this, right? So I think I think she just reads him well in this scene, um, and and that's why why she gets upset immediately. I will read my part, and I'm okay. curious what you think of it. Yeah. Um, so she reaches out and touches him. Uh, as she's making her anime confession, uh, the way I felt at this moment, feeling her warmth against my skin. No, nothing would stop me. Ah, I groaned to myself. This is wrong. What did I say, she asked, quick to take the blame on herself. Don't you see, Bella? It's one thing, blah, 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 I'm a monster, I'm dangerous, uh, blah, blah, blah. No, her lips pouted pouted out stubbornly. I'm serious. I was battling with myself so strongly, half desperate for her to accept my warnings, half desperate to keep the warnings from escaping, that the words came through my teeth as a growl. So am I, she insisted. I told you it doesn't matter what you are, it's too late. Too late, the world was bleakly black and white for one endless second as I watched the shadows crawl across the sunny lawn toward Bella's sleeping form in my memory. Inevitable, unstoppable, they stole the color from her skin and plunged her into darkness, into the underworld. Too late, Alice's vision swirled in my head, Bella's blood-red eyes staring back at me impassively expressionless. But there was no way that she could not hate me for that future, hate me from stealing everything from her. So when I'm reading this... I'm like, it's like they are talking, having two different conversations, and Edward is like, I don't want to turn you into a vampire. It's not too late, right? Yeah. Wow. That, I mean, just, just the, at the beginning there, my book makes no mention of Bella reaching out to touch him in this scene. Oh, really? Yeah. Let me, let me double check and see if that's further back, maybe. Oh, maybe I'm wrong. No. I don't think they're actually touching. He's feeling her warmth, which excuse oh, me okay. for not okay. for okay. not realizing. Okay. I was like, I was like, are they just straight up changing shit? Like, like, yeah, huh? That what What's funny about that is that that is like three times as many words for I think a less clear picture of what's happening in the scene. Yeah, that's kind of my impression of Midnight Sun in general because it both yeah. it both takes a lot for granted about what I know, mm-hmm. which I get it. This book wasn't written for me, right? It was it mm-hmm. was written for someone more invested in Twilight than I am. Um, but it also ex- like explains a lot. Mm-hmm. too much probably like it is a lot it is a lot of words um yeah but it de- but the words don't fit their conversation if that makes right. sense yeah like i look i love a good first person deep dive into a simple moment right like like that's always like like a, a fun a fun character thing to do um but what what's what i enjoyed about the twilight version of this scene 
is that it is just like a split second where the mood changes, right? Where uh-huh. where Bella Bella thinks she has just said this very romantic, convincing thing, right? Like she's finally said more or less that she likes him and looks up and realizes that she didn't get the reaction she wanted, right? And this right. is all take all taking place in like a split second. Um and that you know, this is also a first-person novel, and that point is brought across fairly clearly, it, it feels like, where Ed, Edward has a lot to say to get to his version of this, right? Like, that's, huh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I get it from mine. It just ends up very being very muddied, I guess, mm-hmm. um, about what exactly is going on, but this is kind of his general... Um, I, I get a lot of words about this conflict where really the conversation that he's having almost acts like she's asking him to turn her into a vampire because mm-hmm. he knows that that's the inevitability or he knows that that's the only way, but it's not, it's, it takes for granted right. that that would be a known thing because of the vision. Yeah. Which yeah, is fine. That... I like when characters are having two different conversations. Totally, yeah. Um, but it, but without remembering this conversation from Bella's perspective, it's just sort of odd. It's it's a conversation that is sort of lacking tension in your version, right? Because it is cool that they're having two separate conversations, but because we already know why they're having two separate conversations, it's like uh, it, it it suffers from having to over explain something anyone reading this book would know, right? Like it it it's an inelegant presentation of the information that we already know. Mm-hmm. I almost wonder if um this this would have benefited from skipping this conversation in your book or 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 or, or skimming over it maybe. Like I, every time that we we have to read them having the same conversation, um in a chapter, it feels like like your book ends up spinning its wheels, and all of the most interesting stuff, all of the funniest and and most outrageous stuff, is is when Edward gets to be away from Bella, right? Uh, it, 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 it like like I I get that it's got to be really tough to rewrite the same conversation ten years later uh, if you're an author, like like revisiting a story and and to like milk anything new out of it, right? But it the the new thing we're getting out of it is information we also know already right so it it's like it's really trying to squeeze blood from a stone in these moments it's it seems like um why does why does bella think that he's turning her down uh that's a good question where is her uh, uh oh there's a there's this moment where they're driving and the conversation kind of falls quiet mm-hmm. uh he goes uh uh we're usually very good at what we do sometimes we make mistakes me for example allowing myself to be alone with you this is a mistake i heard the sadness in my voice but i didn't know if he could as well a very dangerous one he murmured we were both silent men i watched the headlights twist with the curves of the road they moved too fast it didn't look real it looked like a video game Uh, I was aware of time slipping away so quickly like the black road beneath us, and I was hideously afraid that I would never again have another chance to be with him like this again. Openly, the walls between us gone for once. His words hinted at an end, and I recoiled from the idea. I couldn't waste one minute I had with him. Hmm. I think there's just too many words between each of the lines of dialogue. (laughs) (laughs) 
like just sheer word count is too long. Yeah, the, there's there's a good pace in my chapter. I think where where the the, the thing that works here is that, like I said, like I love a first person narrative describing a very simple reaction, right? Um, and 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 this has a very good sense of like we'll get a very complex thought from Bella, but what she'll say is no, <laughs> right? Or yes, or say nothing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a fun, that's a fun dynamic because that really plays into, into what I've enjoyed about her character so much where like inside her head, she's a badass noir detective and uh, her actual interactions with people are very shy and, and, um, uh, don't really get the depth of her actual emotions across. Um, whereas, and, and I think that the clip that that moves at is very much like one paragraph dialogue, one paragraph dialogue. Um, and it, there's a, there's a good rhythm where you're sort of getting, you're understanding what weight each small piece of dialogue has. Mm-hmm. Um, Edward is just Edward, right? <laughs> Edward is concerned with Edward. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I think that really sort of explains it, right? Because I don't get that contrast, and I I get to be the guy who says the mysterious wacko thing, but then also <laughs> you know that the guy who says the mysterious wacko thing also just has that in their head constantly. For every, like, mysterious line that he says, he has mm-hmm. 20 more in his own head. <laughs> yeah, and that, and that ends up removing the mystery from him, right? Because, like, what works with Bella is that it's like, you know, paragraph, dialogue, and then we get enigmatic response from him, and which then prompts another paragraph of Bella's internal monologue. Like that that's the kind of rhythm it gets into. Whereas whereas with Edward, it's like Edward just talks like that in his head all the time. Yes, um, he's very enigmatic <laughs> in yeah. his own head all yeah. the time. Yeah, whereas whereas Bella is very uh, uh, cynical and observant and judgmental in her mind, but that does not come across in her dialogue, right? Like she, she is not two different, two different people is the wrong way to put it, but she is a, uh, a much more interesting whole person, right? Like, like her, her thoughts and her actions are often, uh, at odds with each other in a very interesting way. Yeah. I mean, I suppose that's, been my problem the whole time is i just don't really buy edward very well Mm -hmm. because he's he's filling in the blanks of a character that you can't really fill in the blanks on yeah what he's doing doesn't really make any sense what what would be your like ideal like like if you were to pick up a book like this about edward and and you were like looking to learn or like what 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 would what would delight you to learn about the way Edward's thought process works? Like what, what would work? Um, I mean, I guess that we sort of talked about more of a comedy angle to it, right? That he's just like a huge dork. And then the stuff right. that he says is like not accidentally mysterious, but just like he doesn't um, he doesn't talk to people very much because he's a right. vampire, right? He just doesn't. Um, a little bit of his like day to day, uh, interactions with people has sort of fallen off. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't, it's just there's something about his drama being filled in that makes him so much less cool. 
Yeah. But so that's the other like in a in a non-comedy answer to this, I think that they could have made him cooler and more like self-assured. Yes. Instead of constant constant torture, constant. I mean, cuz that's really that's really the thread, right? That is through this entire thing is his endless torment. Yeah, he's he is the same inside as he is outside. Um and, and that's like you know that's that's like a way to write a character right but it's just like if something this dense of a novel um i feel like you've got to dig a little deeper maybe in, in into him um and and find something interesting to write rather than just like presenting him exactly how you probably imagine him i guess is the like there's no new information here there's no there's nothing new about edward in midnight sun so far really yeah i mean I guess what would delight me is if he had a had his own plot to advance. Y- yes, he yeah. needs a quest. He, he he needs a quest. I mean, like I, that that is so funny. Like like speaking of of stories, kind of cutting themselves off at the knees, but and like just having stuff be settled before the story starts. The the bit last week where he uh, he was worried about the evil vampires uh, hurting Bella. Mm-hmm. And then I, I noticed in, in this week's chapter for me, when he drops Bella off at home uh, after this car ride, he tells her, don't go into the woods alone. There's more, there's things more dangerous than me out there. And I was like, is that your house guests? Is that the football vampires? <laughs> like, what, what are you talking about? Like, what, what's he referring to there? I literally don't know. I don't know what he's referring to. <laughs> so it's just another enigmatic thing to say. Like it's Yes, it's, that's the problem. Oh god, uh, damn don't go it. into the woods alone. I warned her, wondering if this request would trigger the objection in her eyes. Why? I glowered into the untrustworthy darkness. The lack of light was no problem for my eyes, but neither would it trouble another hunter. So like uh. again. I guess the existence of vampires generally. I okay, Edward. <laughs> Thanks. I guess I was like, I was like, oh, there are so many places this series is like offering what I think is a hook for like the conflict to start, and it's not taking it. It's very funny. Like <laughs> the evil vampires aren't really concerned with her. There's, like, not some monster out to get her. There's not, like, rival vampires yet that are gonna, that, that want her because she has, like, a special mind or whatever. There's just kind of, it's Edward and Bella, and that's kind of all that's happening. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess, like, really, this is not what anyone else that wants this book would want, but I want the romance to be the B plot, and I want Edward to have an A plot. Yeah, right? you want it. Ed- Twilight yeah. is already the, ro- like, that's already written. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, give him a quest. G- yeah, give him a quest. Give him something to do. Give him, give him a reason to be so enigmatic. Um, because like that's that's the thing that it, that is so funny is it's like he is he is constantly playing up that he is cool and dark and mysterious and and, and dangerous. But again, because we are already at the point where he is a calm, enlightened vegetarian vampire. Uh, who only drinks animal blood, he's none of those things, right? Like, his 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 journey is over as a vampire person, right? Like, he he has achieved the probably the most 
acceptable in human society a vampire could possibly ever be. Um, and and that's a <laughs> you can in book one that is a wild place for a character to be like just at the end of the arc really. He needs to be up to some dangerous vampire business. Like I don't even care what it is, but. I feel like there could be a reason <laughs> that she shouldn't date him and it should be like his his weird like vamp he's solving some sort of vampire mystery that's yeah. going to invite some trouble. Yeah, he he's like vampire James Bond. He's like driving his Aston Martin to <laughs> to go solve uh, uh crazy uh mysteries while while she's asleep, right? Like, like oh, there's vampires around. We don't know who they are, why they're here, anything. Really. Yeah. Um that would be so cool. And so, then, like yeah. the B plot would be like he's protecting her cuz he thinks they're after her or something. And then the the romance B plot happens. Yeah, that yeah yeah something like that would work. I just th- learning that uh, the there's things more dangerous in the woods than me line isn't referring to anything in specific is and like crazy. there's kind of not. Like, because <laughs> yeah, well, he's a vampire? He's a vamp he is literally a vampire. Uh, and he spent think... all this time talking about how dangerous he is. What <laughs> I hold on, I'm gonna Google something. Yeah. Most dangerous creatures Washington. Uh-oh. <laughs> Mountain lion. Uh well, here are the ten most dangerous animals in Washington State. Uh number one, great white shark. Uh so I don't. I don't think that that. Not in that's the woods. A problem. Not in. Not. Not a problem. Uh, number two, blue sharks. Cross that one on the list too. <laughs> number three, the salmon shark. <laughs> <laughs> she did go to the beach that one time. <laughs> uh, number four is grizzly bears. Okay, grizzly bears are pretty dangerous. Yep. Definitely. Um, however, let me see how many grizzly bear attacks Washington 2007. Uh, list of fatal bear attacks. Okay, so there the fatal bear attacks Wikipedia is just all like all bear attacks. Okay. So that's probably unlikely to happen. Um but, you know, I guess that is a dangerous animal. Well, and actually even unlikelier to happen in Twilight since the uh, colons are culling the bear population. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Any bear, any bears uh, in Washington are suspect to be uh, uh, toyed with by Emmett. Um, yeah. And really, I think any bear that's like in the proximity of Forks, Washington is probably vampire food. <laughs> uh, we have only had 14 bear attacks and one fatality in Washington state, according mm-hmm. to uh, this newspaper article here. Uh, then we've got black bears, which again, uh, okay. Black bears. If, if you're listening, black bears is like the most dangerous thing in Washington state. We're kind of scraping the bat- bottom of the barrel here. I thought Those mountain guys, lions were kind of up there. Uh, mountain lions are below uh, the Asian giant hornets and the Western rattlesnake. Okay, the Asian giant hornets are new to us. Yeah, that, so they would not be, yeah, that would not be in the woods. Um, and mountain, yeah, we got mountain lions. How many mountain lion attacks have we had in Washington? Mountain lion attacks Washington. Uh, ooh, okay. Yeah, oh, no, they're... okay. 
They're bad. This, there's 27, but that's in all of North America. But oh. still pretty bad. Yeah, the cougar, cougars are are pretty pretty dangerous. I saw one one time. Oh, that's scary. Uh, when I when I lived in I lived up in the boonies in the woods, I saw one one time. It was very scary. Whoa, uh, pretty, yeah. P- pretty cool though. I mean, like I I was inside. I wasn't like. Yeah. <laughs> I I was not approached by a by a cougar, but I like looked outside and I was like, oh fuck, that's a Damn. big cat. That's a big fucking cat out there. Yeah, um, that's a that's a big one. Uh, okay. So, but, but again, I think vampires might be more dangerous than that. 20, 27 attacks, you know, right. vampires got to eat someone like at every week. It sounds like. So. Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably something like that. I, the I think they're, they're out there eating about? bears like every week or something. <laughs> We've got bobcats. Those are pretty scary. I think, aren't they? Those will... Those will fuck you up if you if you get if you oh get probably mad. so but th- there's no existential threat there is no there is no dangerous creature out on the loose to get Bella specifically he's just telling her hey do you know that there were there were seven bear attacks last year and one of them was fatal I think we established that she's a magnet for trouble yeah that's right a magnet for trouble. Uh, don't go in the woods. A bear might wander over to you very slowly. And... So yeah, it's very funny, like what it overexplains about what he's yeah. saying, and then stuff like that. It's like, nope, he actually was he's just talking, saying some random stuff. Yeah, that's so odd. That's so odd. like the way it, where it pick and choose picks and chooses to like flesh out his thought process is bizarre because if it because here's the thing if 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 by some chance you've like forgotten something and this line does come back later then the book's cheated right like (laughs) you know what i mean like 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 if if you've completely forgotten something and and it turns out that he was referring to like oh i I, crowlmore the the soul taker is out there and we've just we've just all forgotten that that's a big part of twilight see that could be the a plot <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry bella i can't be at school tomorrow i have to hunt down Kralmore, the soul taker yeah Kralmore, the soul taker is out there he's in the woods that's the kind of thing you would want to pay off in a, in a book from another guy's perspective right like oh what did he mean by this weird thing i don't know oh thanks <laughs> thank you stephanie meyer <laughs> Um, I, I would say that, like, if Crowler the Soul Taker was out there, he probably, probably wouldn't get this um, part, which is uh, when Edward goes to his house for a little while and isn't watching her sleep. Um, he says in his own head, I was alone. Bella was, I trusted, safe inside her home. For a moment, I was fiercely glad that Charlie Swan, head of the local law enforcement, trained and armed, was her father. That ought to mean something. Provide some shelter for her. <laughs> Cops in Washington don't use turn signals, Edward. I don't think I don't think Charlie's getting her out of anything. I just I'm just saying that would not protect her from Crownlord the Soul Taker. <laughs> Crownlord the Soul Taker in the woods. <laughs> Bella, <laughs> if you if you ever see a seven foot tall man with uh, with four eyes and tusks and he's vibrating, he's like <laughs> looming towards you. One that is Crownlord the Soul Taker. <laughs> Uh, I forgot to mention that he is uh, he is in Washington State. Uh, uh, you know he's he's risen from his eternal slumber. Um, if you see him, go and tell your dad, and he can fire nine rounds rapid and miss completely. 
<laughs> uh, I guess I guess it's one of those things where it's like you can't introduce Crown Lord the Soul Taker and then just have it not have come up in the originals. Although they could do like the Force Ghost thing and have her just right. in subsequent editions mention it. <laughs> they edit in in, in a line in the car conversation. You're going a hundred miles an hour. I can't hear what you're talking about. Oh, sorry. I was just talking about Crown Lord the Soul Taker. Vampire business. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <sighs> Kralnor the Soul Taker. Someone Edward is is really in a in a in a log jam. Uh, somebody has collected the the seven fragments of the Soul Key to awaken the Soul Taker. Um, he was supposed to be. See, this is why he's dangerous. He was supposed to be protecting uh, uh, the northwestern shard that was held in a in a mysterious shrine uh, uh, buried beneath Forks, Washington. But he let it. You know, he let it slip his mind, and he he is he's so ashamed. He's doing penance. He's like, "Oh, Bella, you have to stay away from me. I will forget if you need me to protect an ancient artifact." (laughs) (sighs) See, this this sounds great. This is what would delight me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! Um, There's a fun scene when. Once uh, so Ed- Ed- Edward drops her off at the stoop and is like, watch out for Crawler, the soul taker. He's in the woods. And she says, yeah, yeah. And, and she goes inside. Um, Charlie is watching a baseball game and uh, uh, Bella has a very funny moment where she like tells a really bad lie or like not. It's not a lie because it's true that she left her jacket in Jessica's car. Um but she's not she explicitly tells Edward like no don't lend me your jacket i uh i don't want charlie to know that you drove me home um and she immediately fumbles this this like charade because charlie asks like uh uh oh like what 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 are what are you doing cuz she she immediately runs to the phone to like call jessica to tell her to to dish about this edward conversation ooh um and charlie's like Oh, who are you calling? And 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 Bella's like, oh, I'm gonna call Jessica, and uh, because I because I left my jacket in her car, and he's like, okay, but she just dropped you off, so let her get home first. And she's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> right, I'll do that. And then Jessica calls her, and uh, <laughs> she has to then kind of triage this conversation by like very loudly going like, oh, I can't talk about that right now. Like just really, it's some some good like just just some good like sitcom awkwardness stuff happening here. That's kind of cute. That is cute. What what did she? What part of the conversation was she going to tell Jessica? I guess the part where Edward likes her. I I guess she's probably oh. not gonna. I'm assuming she's not gonna tell Jessica that he's a vampire. I <laughs> that was the meat of the conversation in my opinion. That that is the main part of the conversation. Maybe she's. I have to warn Jessica about the soul taker. Crowlor, the soul taker is out there. Jessica, do not go in the woods. Uh, um, yeah, she. Uh, so Je- Jessica wants to know about how the conversation with Edward went, and 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 uh, Bella uh, like says like I can't talk right now. My dad's here, and she's like, oh, okay, and then like hang- hangs up. But like, yeah, I presume I-, I presume that they were just gonna talk about like 
the boy part and not the part where he admitted he's a vampire? I don't know. I mean, I guess that uh, to Bella, that was the affecting part, not the vampire part. But um, they seemed intertwined. Yeah. It's like, oh, why it's doesn't a- he not want to? He likes you, but he won't date you? Why? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Crown Lord the Soul Taker wouldn't like that. <laughs> He's, he was driving 100 miles an hour and wouldn't slow down. And uh, so you were okay with this because why? <laughs> oh, I don't know. It was cool, I guess. <laughs> yeah, uh. there's not much of that conversation that you could excise without uh, giving the the game away i mean i guess i guess maybe that's almost like the threat of this scene right is that like bella is for for all of her like ability to like read people and 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 like like um observe situations she's really bad at like acting on this stuff right like she just immediately almost blows it with her dad when she comes in um and then i guess would probably do the exact same thing with jessica if she like had to tell her right away right like she surely she would say something that would be bonkers that Jessica would have to go like hold on back up what, who the, there's what in the woods right yeah yeah I uh, I, I this this is a fun a, a, a fun little moment and then she just decides to go to bed and has a you know in the shower she's like I am I am in love with a vampire that's crazy and and that's sort of where she she ends this chapter I want to know all about. The, the, the Cullens. What's going on in Cullen's world? Well, <laughs> Edward has had the realization that he wants the serial killer to die, um, which is very funny because last chapter he was like, no, Bella deserves better than a murderer. But it's almost as if like it course corrected, like in Top Gun, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> where it was like, wait, don't the vampires sort of have a duty to deal with the serial killer that they know about? Um, so he has this whole, like, internal monologue about being like, oh, well, I guess I don't want any other women to die. And the guy has, like, a lot of victims, so they probably deserve justice. Um, so he's going to get Carlisle to help him with that. Okay, so we're for one, we are getting new information about this guy, that he's a serial killer. Yes. Like, like he he was, you know, he was broadly creepy in Twilight. But like it, it, like we discussed last week, it was in that like PG action movie way where it's like you know there's something bad being implied here, but they're never gonna say it right because mm-hmm. it's it's not that kind of story. Whereas here, not only does does Edward say it directly to uh, to Carlisle, he also adds, "Oh yeah, also he's a serial killer. Like he he's just like the worst guy." Yeah, I mean. It- this is probably like a a a weird thing to like fixate on after like just coming out and saying it but it really just goes that extra mile mile of being a serial rapist and murderer like whoa like this to me is almost like pushing the needle too far in the other direction right where it's like if you know these things why do you feel any guilt about kill if you're like a cool badass vampire and and you're like, oh, I've got to protect these women, and I've got to I've got to bring justice to the world. Why wouldn't you go and do like a badass like you know execution attack on this guy? Right. And I thought that's what he. So I like I could sort of buy like Edward is like, oh, it would ruin my self control or whatever. He doesn't actually <laughs> say that, but I could buy it. Yeah. Um, 
And I, I thought that he was sending Carlisle to do it, like to kill him because Carlisle has all this like self-control and stuff. But let me look at the wiki real quick. Uh, not wanting any more people to get hurt by Lanny, Edward consults in Carlisle Cullen, who tracked down and knocked out Lanny before taking him to the authorities in Portland, Oregon. Come on! Lanny is going to be extradited to either Oklahoma or Texas, with Edward hoping for the latter due to the popularity of the death penalty. That That's so weird that... Because it's not a dangerous overreaction at that point. Because if you are a vampire, if you are a fucking thousand-year-old vampire, who cares if you, if you like, if you, you know, do a cool Mortal Kombat move on this guy? Like, that doesn't, that's not going to make you more dangerous. That makes you more awesome in this case, right? Like, at least from, like, the kind of story this is telling, right? Like... This isn't a, I don't know, Twilight's not really a, a, a story for, like, deep meditations on, on whether or not killing a bad guy would still, like, wreck your psyche or whatever. It's like, no, this guy, this guy's the most one-dimensional evil guy on Earth. There would be nothing better than Edward popping his head off like a screw top, right? Like, why, why, why not? Yeah. I mean, this is such a, like, morality lesson kind of baked in here that i also just i don't know i think the vampires can kill the the ted bundy roaming to port angeles i think i'd be okay with that i think i think you've you you could not construct a more well i don't really mind like like murder right like (laughs) why go so far (laughs) yeah making it not really that morally ambiguous at all for the kind of story this is like just go for it who cares like this is an odd true crime uh like aside here that it would be so extreme um it's so funny that it's like because because it would still be a really corny morality play if he did like kill him to be a cool ally right like like that that is also some like uh like morality wish fulfillment style uh storytelling the difference is that uh something happens you know <laughs> there like like action happens in the story whereas having carlisle dress up as a doctor to knock him out and hand him to the authorities is just r- a real long walk for that uh uh like like very minor story to resolve right like it's a lot of extra work there to end up at like a, a the same kind of like morality play wish fulfillment thing, but like way less indulgent. I don't know. It's weird. It's it's really strange because the effect of reading it is that it's like it's discovering it can't leave this loose end, but in real time, mm-hmm. like and oh, you can't go back and change it. So we just have to have Edward kind of just like uh, hanging out and then realizing that he left a serial killer on the loose in Port Angeles that he knows about. And in fact, like the reason he remembers is because he's like thinking about Bella and he's imagining her face. And then he imagines her face and how it looked when she was being attacked and is and like gets mad again. So it's like. (laughs) It just kind of spontaneously happened. And he's like, oh, yeah, I should probably deal with that. 
I hate that guy. Ah, that's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> so the story itself forgets about him, too. Like, that's... Huh. Also, I just don't know why why you have to get so specific. And it almost, like... This is so stupid, but it leaves me open to the nitpick of, like, if this guy is Ted Bundy, he's not, like, get, like gathering up a gang to go and attack Bella. It's not yeah. usually how it works. It's not like, hey, that, guys, let's go serial kill together. That that was my next thought when I was asking about the um, there's something more dangerous in the woods thing. Is it's like, what is there in Midnight Sun? Am I going to find out that, like... This guy and his gang, like, like you know, put the Predator face paint on and were, like, gonna follow <laughs> her home. And that's why he was driving so fast, right? Like, it, 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 like I... Huh. That would be something. It, like, that would be, like, a connected thread, <laughs> you know? But <laughs> the fact that Edward just, like, remembers, like, oh, right, there was a serial killer. Oh, Fuck. shit. Yeah, oh, I gotta I do forgot. something about that. He's even... He's so... I mean, he's... He's an asshole, too. He's like, even though I found the waitress at the restaurant annoying, I don't want her to die. <laughs> Come on, Edward. It's a serial killer. Yeah. Man. He, like, yeah, he, you're a vampire. Go kill that guy. He, remember, he remembers that there's a serial killer on the loose. The, the same way that, like, someone would remember that they left the oven on. Right. right? Like, oh, fuck. Oh, did I lock my door? Oh. God damn it. I've got to mm, fuck. I got to turn around. <laughs> I, do, I do actually now I'm liking this version of Edward, like where all danger is the same in his mind, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like this, the meteor hitting Bella's house, potentially the spider in her room, the <laughs> actual real deal serial killer on the streets of Port Angeles. It's just all the same to him. These are all the same things. Yeah. It, that, uh, Another really fun way to make him feel inhuman, right? Is that he, like he just has no sense of like what it, what is more dangerous to a person, right? Like he's thinking about things that are dangerous to him, like a meteor wiping out all life on the planet would probably still be bad for a vampire, right? Like and yeah. and, and and weighing that the same as like a serial killer and also being not a human for so long that you forget that like a spider bite is like 99.9% of the times like a minor annoyance and not instant death right like mm -hmm. yeah I could see that working yeah that he just has he's so like he's immortal so he doesn't you know nothing really threatens him so he just has like index cards in his mind of like these are things <laughs> that kill mortals right yeah yeah da danger is just a hundred or zero there's nothing in between mm -hmm. yeah that could work yeah the other the other thing too is like the 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 morality play here of like oh this would be revenge to do that so i won't right uh -huh. and then just getting someone else to do it for you <laughs> who's then going to have the state do it he's then going to have the state do it which like I, and i get i get that the real answer here i mean like this and this is a very common storytelling thing right it's just like well the end it's the state taking care will take care of it in the good way right i will my my hands are clean of this i'm like i i sort of get that but there's something very funny about like well you're still retaliating against this guy directly but not only are you not doing it 
yourself you got someone else to do it so it just kind of makes you look like a wuss right like you can't even do this like yeah, could, could edward not have knocked the guy out and turned him over to the police yeah like you you said that like they're the you know you you gathered the implication that's like maybe oh maybe he would like lose self-control or whatever and kill him and he doesn't want to kill but like does he say that does he mention that at all like, um, in his own way, I suppose. Okay, okay, but like not di- There's no direct like I would kill this guy if I did this, right? Let me, like, let me let me look here. Because just the idea of him having to get like his like like Carlisle's his dad. Like he's just he's just like <laughs> getting his dad to do. It's so lame, right? Like, <laughs> dad, there's a serial killer loose in Port Angeles, and I don't want to kill him. Yeah, I, I mean, to- I, there's like a bunch of lines like as they're going there, Kyla, Carlisle could see how hard it was for me to be so close to hear the fiend's thoughts and see his memories, memories of Bella mixed in with those of less fortunate girls whom no one could save now. My breathing sped, my hands clenched the steering wheel. So if he doesn't say it outright, I mean, that's the, yeah. that's the implication, right? But again, if we are leaning this, if if we are doing the, the like the this sort of like righteous fury at the suffering of the fallen here we 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 kind of loot back around to just go kill this guy right like what what's the conflict here like go do it i guess right like it, you're a vampire it's not a, not a problem for you no no morality to worry about here yeah the the no self control thing is not sexy to me that is not my sexy uh, fantasy yeah. once again yeah, yeah, yeah. All, all power to anyone who loves this part of him specifically, but but it, that that's the least romantic part for me so far. I want him to be I want him to be swaggy. He's got to be suave. I want Does, does I want, he seem swaggy and suave in Original Twilight? Um whenever he's not um sulking, yes. Not like like the because we're not getting paragraphs of him uh uh repeating the same like enigmatic stuff over and over to himself before saying it like you're you're getting a midnight sun it does typically maintain this sense that like he always has either the right thing to say or a kind of playfully rude thing to say that's still quite funny right like like he is he does come across as fairly smooth hmm i mean that's a very funny thing that doesn't come through in midnight sun is that um I know all of his thoughts, which are so dramatic and ridiculous and like self-flagellating and tortured and all this stuff. But to think that he's just being like suave and stone-faced the whole time is pretty funny. Yeah, I mean, like the the, the hospital conversation from early on, I think, is still the best blueprint of this, right? Where it's like he is very charming, and then when she pushes too hard on the the vampire thing, he gets a little. Uh, manipulative right but it works because we know why he's being manipulative he has like a supernatural secret to keep right that's like it's this life or death thing for him um and so it's very smoothed over into like him mostly being very um coming across as very confident and very uh very smooth the bits where it falls apart are when he like forces bella to get in his car yeah. Or, um uh like the the bit 
it is very funny when he's um telling her like i have never been arrested and i've never crashed my car right <laughs> like like that is very funny but it's it's more it's a little more petulant right but it it it's it's at least charming in a in its own way i guess um but yeah for for as many moments as he just kind of crosses the line over into like kind of a creep um more often than not he is like uh he he's he's got that smolder right like mm-hmm. like he is he is uh the the mysterious sad guy in a way that's pretty usually pretty interesting i think yeah yeah unfortunately in mine i feel like he's at all times like one straw away from like completely losing his shit <laughs> that's so at every unsexy. single moment yeah that is so unsexy mm-hmm this is that's the same thing. I, I, like like another low point, right? Is when he's like, I mean, like it, it's a funny moment for Bella, but last chapter when he rescues her, and then he's like, uh, "Talk about some dumb crap you like, you know, like because uh, <laughs> yeah. I otherwise otherwise I'll I'll go crazy and kill those guys." Like that's not very cool of him, but it at least serves Bella up an opportunity. Uh, an opportunity to be really funny where she just starts complaining about her friends or whatever right like (laughs) instead of like oh my god i just nearly got serial killed right like (laughs) like that's pretty good um i i think the best thing i can say about edward and his like attitude is it like when when he when he's not being cool or or smooth or or sexy they work really well as a comedy duo almost (laughs) they're a funny teen couple from like that angle yeah like like he he has the deadpan uh and she's just asking him these ridiculous questions constantly like they were they're like a weird yeah they're 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 a two-man act uh, uh when they're not uh you know being romantic together it's uh it's a it's an interesting relationship I think Edward should have killed Lanny while Bella was there, and that should have been the thing that she was not reacting to in the car. Oh, yes. That would have been interesting. Because then it's like he is dangerous. He just killed someone, right? Yeah. But having her just sort of be like, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. If If she literally saw him doing like, monster stuff right like like just going 100 miles an hour and ripping a guy's throat out or whatever and she was still mostly like damn okay yeah (laughs) like like, i still like you yeah in fact i might like you a little more because you're dangerous right like that yeah uh, that that i could see working really well because then then also you get the like because the the only reason you would make that character such a ridiculous one-dimensional uh uh like evil guy and not like you know if you're not exploring him as a character and you're also not really exploring like you know like Be- bella's trauma is not being explored here right like this isn't this isn't <laughs> no. that kind of story no um in fact she has a a, a surprising lack of trauma about everything she um, had to, she had to compartmentalize the scent thing but yeah. this there's nothing to compartmentalize she's fine um <laughs> um but the only reason you would you would make a character that that cardboard in something like this is to serve as cannon fodder like that, basically, right? To to serve 
uh, for uh, someone else's character development, right? Like, like he's the guy that you want to see get blown up. Um, <laughs> so the, like, like, so it's not, you know, so it's still like dangerous and gory and like crazy. Like, oh, this guy's a monster. He can rip guys in half or whatever. But he did it to a guy who is a serial killer, murderer, rapist guy. So like, you know, I don't feel that conflicted about it but like it's that level of storytelling right it makes their conversation make sense when he's like yeah. but i'm a monster yeah and she's like well well are sure, you sure but but that guy was pretty bad right um yeah yeah i could that yes that would solve all of these criticisms we've had of this chapter basically right is is uh having having that pop off in that way Right, because it's just like they are going through the motions as if something like that had happened and it didn't. So yeah, yeah, because she she th- th- this whole conversation hinges on the reality of vampires being real being enough to sell the danger to her, and that's a that is a storytelling conceit that is like one of those things that would be true in real life, but isn't enough for a novel like this. I don't think. Um, I like, I, I, I do enjoy her understated reaction to this, um, uh, 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 crazy new reality that she finds herself in. But at the same time, the, the nature of that crazy reality is itself quite understated because it's, it's, it's very sanded down. And I, I, I think it would only enhance that reaction of hers if something crazier had happened. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I could totally see that. That that makes a lot of sense to me. We, but we holy, got... holy crow, you're driving 100 miles per hour. <laughs> see, then you could be like, yeah, because I just killed that guy. I'm driving it. We, got, we don't want the cops to pull us over. Yeah, because like, I'm well... dangerous. <laughs> and she's just like, well, so drive normal speed then, because you will get pulled over. And he will say, I, I have never been pulled over. It all works. It all clicks. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, huh. Um, anything else happen in your chapter? Yeah, with... Edward watches her sleep for a little while. Oh, I, I, of course, I've blocked this out of my mind every time. But... It's just it's just a foregone conclusion now. Like, Stephanie Meyer at this point is like, I've laid the groundwork as to why this is okay and good. That's, um, that's his save point. He has to go, that's actually why is. he has to go back there every night. Uh, it's not his fault. Yeah, he's got another attempt on the Soul Taker coming, so he's going to save. Oh, <laughs> uh, what what is what, what does he observe anything this time? Like what what's what are his thoughts this time watching her sleep? Uh, she's cold, so he goes and gets um her a blanket and is also very creepy because it's some it, like when he's going to find a blanket, he reads Charlie's thoughts while he's asleep. And it's like, and it's like he's dreaming of fishing, probably. <laughs> okay, that's kind of awesome. Yeah, that kind of rocks. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, Charlie he, is such a simple man. He is. Um, and you know, he brings Bella a blanket. Um, and has this like internal thought process about guardian angels, which I felt like we called that one. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, someone like Bella ought to have a protector, a guardian angel. She deserved that, and yet clearly she'd been left defenseless. 
which I guess is about the blanket. I don't know. I would love to believe an angel or anything else watching over her, anything that would give her a measure of protection. But when I tried to imagine what champion, it was obvious such a thing was impossible. What guardian angel would have allowed Bella to come here to cross my path formed as she was in such a fashion that there was no way I could possibly overlook her. A ridiculous potent scent to demand my attention, a silent mind to inflame my curiosity, a quiet beauty to hold my eyes, a selfless soul to earn my awe, factor in the total lack of self-preservation so she was not repelled by me, and then, of course, add the wide streak of appallingly bad luck that put her always in the wrong place at the wrong time. There are six more paragraphs of this. Holy shit, Edward, calm down. Yeah. (laughs) Holy moly. I mean, when I read it out loud, I'm like, it's kind of good, it kind of rocks, but it's a lot. It I I do like the impulse for him to feel like he's got to be the guardian angel. That part I like. Um, yeah, I I think that makes sense. I think that that it that that's a fun explanation for his behavior without being an excuse. And unfortunately, the book has excused the behavior elsewhere. Right, but it's like it, that, that's a that's a mindset I can believe a guy who's lived for one hundred years as a vampire would say. Right, like his perspective's all out of whack. What I do find really funny about this is that he is having these thoughts about how, like, oh, there's there's just no one protecting her, uh, and I've got to step up to the plate. Like, that... <laughs> he was just talking about how he was relieved that her dad was a cop. Like, so that will bring <laughs> her a measure of protection. So... Yeah, maybe well, he maybe he maybe he read the fishing dream and was like, uh oh, okay, this guy's not <laughs> this guy's not protecting anyone. <laughs> yeah, reasonable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough, I guess. That's, that's just pretty very much it. Yeah, yeah, it's long. That... Um, it's it's kind of it's kind of charming. We it's taken a long time to get to this place. Um. But it is better now that I think Stephanie Meyer has decided that she's offered uh, the excuses up uh, Mm -hmm. and just can get on with it, right? Like, okay, he's watching her sleep and thinking about being a guardian angel. That's just that's That's, just how it is. That's just how it's going to be. I can't wait for me to find this out in my book Um, because there's been no inkling so far that that he is watching her sleep. Um, I can't wait to see how. Because like Bella, Bella, like I said, Bella compartmentalized the the um, the smell thing. She uh, was more annoyed about driving too fast and him being a vampire. She has very odd reactions to these kind of things, and I do wonder. I'm excited to see what her reaction is going to be when she hears that he uh, has been watching her sleep to protect her from meteors. Like I, <laughs> I, I can't quite imagine how she's going to take it and i'd be very delighted to see how i I, like i I feel like i'm due for a surprise like that you know like what's gonna happen that's my (laughs) that's my big what's gonna happen thing like what's she gonna say when he when he says i've been watching you sleep i every time that it happens in my book i'm sure that you will say that in twilight she like had a like had a pseudo dream and thought he was there or something like yeah that line that like lines up like oh she woke up sort of mm-hmm. yeah yeah because we did have that one jacob and edward dream on a night where he was watching her um 
So I wonder, I wonder if, if that's going to be like the running theme here. I've not, I've not read the next chapter yet. So I, I, I haven't, I haven't looked ahead to see mm-hmm. whether we get another one of those, but I would not be surprised. That would, that would make sense. As maybe the, uh, the actual foreshadowing in my book about where this, where this watching your sleep thing is coming from. Right. Um, should we do our boyfriend points? Yeah, we got to All right. So he was sitting at a pretty impressive for him negative 560 sure. at the end of last week. Um, I don't know. His performance last week was like exemplary, right? Like he, he kind of came out and did all the right things. Yeah. I don't know so much about this week. Um, he seems so neutral this week. Yeah, he kind of did some cool things, some less cool things. Um, a little harder to 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 gauge where this is going to go. I think. What's what's your first? What what's the big one? Is there one sticking in your mind that's got to you know get either going to get him or lose him some points this week? Like what's what's your what's your gut reaction here? He should know not to drive hundred miles per hour with a human in the car. Yeah. All this yeah. talk of danger and spiders and meteors, and he's driving 100 miles per hour. Yeah. I don't yeah. like that. Yeah, he, he you know, he is free to drive however he wants if he thinks that he's, like, God's gift to drifters or whatever. But uh, if he, you know, I don't want to be in the car while he's drifting. Um, yeah, that's a little scary, for uh, I think. So what do, what do we think? Minus... I don't know. That sounds like a minus 10 to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's like assuming that there is no actual danger and he's never going to crash his car because of his vampire powers. I don't really know how that works. Yeah. You can't can't, like assume direct control over the vehicle. Right. Right. I don't buy that part. He's just got crazy good reactions and he can read everyone on the road's mind. So I guess he can kind of predict stuff before it's going to happen. Yeah, but the car still has like momentum. Yeah. Yeah. Physics are still real. Yeah, yeah, he can't override that part. Yeah, I I would let I, I would maybe say minus twenty-five. I believe him mostly, you know, but that's not really the point, right? Is it's like I'm I'm still if I'm if I'm Bella, I'm I'm still in the car, and I don't understand that. And also, it's just not fun to be in a car when someone's speeding. Um no. you know. Yeah, you know, like if you're driving, you have control. And it's not scary, but if you're if you're a passenger, that's just not fun. You're, no, like, you might feel like you're careening. Yeah, that's yeah. It's just even even if you're like in the car with like the world's best driver, that's going to be an unpleasant experience if you're not used to it. Um, yeah, I wish I knew so, more about how his powers worked because it's not. Yeah. it's like that sort of thing, right? He has superhuman reaction time and all of this, but he doesn't like think in super speed. I don't think. Right. And, and, and like, he has good reactions and, and he can kind of, uh, uh, he knows what, like, other people around him are thinking, but, like, you're right, the car is a car, right? Like, in fact, if your reactions are too good and you're driving at 100 miles an hour, I feel like you could flip a Volvo pretty easily if you, like, jerk the steering wheel too quick quickly, right? Like, that's... Maybe he's being a little too dangerous. Man, I don't think he knows his own strength here. But I don't think that, like reading minds thing is as advantageous as as it's suggesting like i don't think that someone else making a mistake on the road is like thinking like i am going to crash into this <laughs> I car am going to crash into a car <laughs> it all happens very fast edward that's a, that's a really good point actually 
<laughs> yeah, nobody's thinking, hee hee, I'm going to cause an accident, right? Ooh, I'm like, going to break this rule of the road. <laughs> like, I, the, at most, he'd be, he could, he could pick out cops, so he'd be, out, he'd be, he'd know where he can speed. Um, and he, I guess, would be able to avoid drunk drivers, presumably. I, I assume he can identify the state of someone's mind, right? I um, probably. So that's okay. So being ge- being generous and saying that he can identify those two things, those are probably a high amount of the danger on the road to the point where I could believe that he hasn't crashed yet. But there's a lot of shit that can make you crash when you're driving. He's going 100 miles per hour. At 100 miles an hour, no less. Yeah. And there are like, no other cars on the road? Yeah. It's just it's rude. Wet. It's wet in Washington. Like, you're going 100 miles an hour and you've got to go around a corner? Like, yeah, I don't know. You got to slow down on some of these. Like, like I don't, I don't fully trust it. I'm talking no. myself to a bigger minus. Me too. Here. I'm just thinking about being someone else on the road and seeing the fucking jack off going 100 miles <laughs> right. per hour and like yeah, passing you. It's like yeah, fuck well... you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Made myself um... mad. <laughs> That's a minus 30 for Edward. Okay, let's, yes, minus 30 uh, for reckless driving with Bella in the car. He is free to drive however he wants, but when Bella's in the car, he should be more considerate, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? What else? Uh, he, he, do do we, it, I feel like this might be even, this might be a little difficult to, like, articulate a plus or minus for but like how do we feel about his handling of like the reveal and trying to let her down uh in the car conversation um my conversation is so confusing that i think that you have to take the lead on this one because i don't really know why he's uh turning her down when really in mine he's like i'm turning her down but uh not really right Okay, so I I I'm torn between thinking that he is being noble and doing the right thing and par- and like kind of paradoxically that make that, that earns him points, right? Cuz like if it's true that this will only work if he turns her into a vampire, he's he is I think right in thinking I shouldn't do that, you know, like that that's bad to do. Um however, um Thinking about this from Bella's perspective and uh, um, uh, how cool she seems with the whole vampire thing, maybe he's being a little bit withholding and not by not explaining this to her and just being enigmatic and mysterious about it, right? Like, because because she she is very astute. She's figured out he's a vampire. Um, she seems more concerned with the fact that he is not going to date her than than like you know what he does vampire style. Um, maybe he should have told her instead of being getting up on the cross about it, you know? Like Right, right. And honestly, like what is what is the opposite of a boyfriend point than um than not wanting to go on a date? That's a good point. It, 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 that that's just the least boyfriend point you could possibly get. That's that's actively not being boyfriend point style. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he is being, you know, he's being honorable. He's being um self-aware and 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 taking some responsibility for his um his vampire situation so i'm kind of torn here um 
Um, I guess what really it comes down to is, uh, if we think about this from like a romance novel perspective, is this like frustrating to read from the romantic partner in the story? Or does this just make you, you know, if you're Bella, if if you're thinking like Bella here, are you like, Ooh, this just makes me want him even more. Right. I think that's kind of how we have to approach this one. I, I think the second one, because you never want the characters to get together. Yeah, you, know? you kind of want this. You want the suffering for a little bit, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So I, I may be leaning towards this giving him some boyfriend points. Yeah. I will also. I guess I'll submit to evidence one thing from mine because I feel mm-hmm. like we should factor in his, um, like what his thoughts are here. Um, and when he finds out that it was um, Jacob that. Uh, made Bella realize that Edward might be a vampire. Um, he realizes that he's not angry because he's like, ah, he does. He might have broken the treaty, uh, but he didn't. He didn't know any better. So he's mm-hmm. like, kind of has a lot of grace for Jacob. Okay, breaking okay. the treaty. So that's pretty good. Yeah. Okay. So I I think that the best way to judge this is purely from like, how does this serve the the romance, right? And I think that, you know, we've got the characters have got to have some angst for a while in a romance. That's the fun part. Well, yeah, Edward um, observes her crying and says that the tear looks like a crystal. And what oh. is what is more romantic oh, angst how, than that? How lovely. Okay, yeah, let's give him a few points for this. Let's, yeah. Um, uh, plus, I don't know, just like a 10 here? Yeah. I mean, like, plus- yeah, it's a romance novel, so... This is the bar, right? Ah, that's true. Maybe we gotta give him a little more. He's doing that. He's displaying the fundamentals here of being the romance protagonist, right? Yeah. Like, okay, we can give him a bit more than that. Uh, what is that? Like a fifty for a fundamental like that? Yeah, like, for for a um a classic. I I love you, but I can't be with you. Yeah, yeah. He said, okay, so yeah, plus fifty for doing the romance novel thing you know (laughs) good job edward yeah uh okay what else have we got here uh yeah he's the only other thing he really does in this chapter is tell her that there's something scary in the woods (laughs) i um i feel like i want to take points away for him not uh dealing with the soul taker Uh, (laughs) Cromor the Soul Taker is out there, and you're doing nothing, Edward. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm gonna give him, I, I don't know, like what, like a minus 10 for just being vague and annoying there? Like, <laughs> yes, just making some shit up. <laughs> minus 10, making shit up and being annoying. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> what do you you really need to explain what you mean by there's something more dangerous out in the woods? Did uh, she ask? No, like, no, what? no, she like, she has like, a, ooh, that, that feels like an om- ominous warning, but I actually don't feel that scared because I know Edward will protect me. She's like, not that's like kinda... more dangerous than a vampire. <laughs> yeah, she's like, more she's vampires? Like, oh, well, I don't really care. You're a vampire. I think you've got my back. Um, not even filing that one away. Yeah, well, she's still got to process the 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 following her by scent thing. 
Um, so, you know, the queue's full as far as she's concerned. You know how they tell you, like, if you're an excessive warrior that you, like, should take, like, <laughs> like a time, like, you give yourself 10 minutes of worry a day and you, like, put it off. You're like, I'm going to worry about this later. Mm-hmm. And then you, like, pick your 10 minutes. Like, okay, I'm going to worry really hard. Maybe that's <laughs> what she's doing. But she only has one one thing in the queue at a time. <laughs> she, she just worries about 10 minutes about one thing each time and then is done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can see it. Okay, yeah. So minus 10, making shit up, being annoying. Um, I think he deserves some minuses as well for this this Lally stuff, too. <laughs> um, I, I mean... Do we give him some pluses for realizing that he doesn't want the waitress to die? Okay, so yeah, let's 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 break this up into into distinct moments. I think that he he gets some points for wanting to be an avenger of justice in some sense. You know, that's cool. That's like a cool vampire guy thing to do, I guess. Um I don't know, like plus it feels like a really low bar. The guy yeah, is like a plus Ted five. Bundy. Yeah, plus five or ten, really. Not 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 in not a huge uh It also takes some I mean, like I get it. There's like a hierarchy, right? So it's like number one, make sure Bella doesn't get serial killed. Yeah. And then there's like a bunch of stuff, and then he realizes like, oh, I guess I don't want anyone to get serial killed. Yeah, this is not, he is really, we can't give him too many points for, like, being an ally, you know? Like, like <laughs> this is a, a a low bar, but I'll, I'll, like, ten points, you know, for recognizing, sure. yeah, plus ten. He could use the help. For, yeah, for recognizing the serial killer danger. Um, however, I'm going to then say, I, I think he deserves a big ding for making someone else do it, you know? Go, going home, dad, this serial killer yeah. in Port Angeles. Insanely uncool. Imagine, you, you know, even, even without, um, you know, like vampires being involved and, and serial killers, just thinking low stakes here, imagine, throw yourself back in your mind to high school or whatever, or call it, you know, like, mm-hmm. like you're going out with a boy but you're uh and he's you know he's pretty cool he's pretty mysterious um and then someone's bullying you and they come back the next day and say oh i got my dad to go beat up his dad like <laughs> does that it's so uncool yeah like <laughs> like lame as fuck actually it's not even i got my dad to go beat up his dad it's i, I got, got my, my dad, dad to go to beat, beat up, up his bully oh my god edward <laughs> insanely lame it would have rocked if bella was like wait you're a vampire aren't you gonna do with that serial killer (laughs) yeah if she wanted it right like she just starts like like uh, sending him on like little missions that'd be great (laughs) you're just gonna let this guy walk the streets She just becomes like his Barbara Gordon to Batman. Like she's just uh, letting him know <laughs> she's she's his like handler. Yeah, that would be awesome. That, w- that would be so cool. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know. I I just feel like there is no way. Even even if even if this is the, an attempt at the, by the story to like be less gruesome or like less violent or whatever. Or, or to the display Edward as having immense self-control. There's just no getting around it being insanely lame 
I think it's like a morality tale, right? Yeah. It is gruesome. It's gruesome yeah. in that they put freaking Ted Bundy in the in the book. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> And then and then deal with it by by knocking him out <laughs> like this is a like this is a Nickelodeon cartoon yeah it's it's uh, I don't know just not just not not the cool guy answer to this problem I want I want Edward the cool romance novel desire object I want him to like take action he's he's got to be a man of action right and and, and confidence and getting your dad to go beat up the bully is just not not cool no <laughs> yeah no way around this one okay what are we yeah this is a big one i think this is minus this is a minus for sure carlisle seems cool yeah carlisle carlisle making himself you know he's he's rolling up his sleeves and doing it i guess like that's cool he comes out looking way cooler I I thought that Edward was at least sending Carlisle to kill him though. Yeah. Whatever. Which would also be lame. Like <laughs> like oh I hired a hitman. <laughs> like oh cool. It's the hitman my dad. sounds way cooler. Yeah, the, the hitman sounds way cooler. Also he's your dad, so way less cool actually. Yeah. Um uh, what? Like minus 50? Yeah, this is at least a 50. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let's go with 50. Minus 50. Uh, minus 50, not cleaning up your own mess, Edward. You gotta bust your own table, Edward. Yeah. Um, hmm, anything else? Oh, no, I can't, again, I keep, I have a, a mental force field around remembering <laughs> that he watches her sleep every night. Well, how are we else are we going to account for his awake all the time? Oh. It's with long paragraphs of internal monologue while Bella's asleep. Um, I thought we weren't giving negatives for these anymore, right? Like, this is just a fact of life. Yeah, yeah, we can't. He'll I guess never we recover can't keep... if we keep doubling his. He just does yeah, this now. He has lost like a thousand points for this already. Um, so I guess if we're even giving him any boyfriend points at all, we have to be okay with this aspect of him. But. Okay, so yes, yeah, so let's think of it this way. His internal monologue. Okay. Uh, him watching her sleep being a foregone conclusion, unfortunately, and taking into the into account that, like, I guess we are still, he's still in the game at all. He hasn't been given the red card here. Um, how do we feel about his thoughts here? Like, are they good? Are they bad? Are they, are they like 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 what his guardian angel impulse how are we judging that i guess is what i'm getting at here uh, i judged it as three pages long <laughs> that's how i judge it <laughs> oh so do we get like a plus do we maybe give him like a, a plus and a minus here that even out which is like 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 plus uh, uh wants to protect bella and then minus won't shut the fuck up about it. Maybe like like uh, how I don't want to judge because I actually until I read it out loud, I I didn't realize that it was kind of kind of cool. Mm-hmm. You know, like the way it's written isn't bad. It's like kind yeah. of fun. Yeah. Um, it just is like probably a, a bit much, but um, I think the guardian angel impulse thing is like kind of. Like that works for him, I think. Mm-hmm. The situation is still very stupid, 
but like I get I like that aspect of his character, I guess. Like that makes sense for a vampire guy. Yeah, and he has like a little bit of like a sense of humor about it too cuz he goes on this long, you know, thing and then at the end he says um uh and I would fight, I would keep fighting, whatever force it was that wanted to hurt Bella would have to go through me. No, she had no guardian angel, but I would do my best to make up for the lack. A guardian vampire. There was a stretch. It's kind of funny. <laughs> That's cute. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Kralnor has got to go through me if he wants to take her soul. That's fucking uh, right. And through Charlie yeah. with his gun. <laughs> Charlie, I, I, I'm going with the interpretation that he thought Charlie was enough until he heard him dreaming about fishing and was like, okay, this guy, this guy this, can never take on the soul taker. This guy was not ready to face the soul taker. <laughs> okay, so plus minus are just not touching this one at all. I guess I'd give him a plus twenty. Plus twenty. Okay, plus twenty. Uh, Guardian vampire. Cool guardian vampire line. Okay. Anything else? Uh, there were like two scenes in this yeah, chapter. Yeah, this is a weird set of chapters. It's really just she's in the car with him and then goes to bed. So it's kind of a huge moment, but an yeah. understated one. Yeah. Okay. So let's tally this up. And then, okay, so he is, uh, I'm sorry to say, at a net loss of 10 points here. So he's at negative 570. Wait, how'd that happen? Uh, we kind of gave him a few pluses, a few minuses. We kind of just went up and down a bit here. Okay, go, uh, what, what do you want to toss him some bonus points for here? I uh, don't. I just can't <laughs> believe it. He barely did anything. Yeah, I mean, like, it's only a 10-point adjustment, right? So I think that kind of fits, really. He He didn't really gain any ground here, but he didn't lose too much you know what i mean yeah that makes sense and we yeah. did we cut him a break for the uh sleep watching thing so i think we're good yeah 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 he is still he is still sitting at minus like 500 points from his deficit for uh continuously watching your sleep so right. yeah okay this tracks this tracks this makes sense all right well uh with that taken care of it's time for us to take a break Hello, everyone, and welcome back. I just spent the whole break. I got myself a new glass of water um, and then sat down to read more about our mysterious serial killer from this chapter. Oh, yeah. And could not find it because I kept on typing Lally mm -hmm. and not Lanny. <laughs> I was like, where's Lally? Lally the killer. La Lally the killer. Lally the strangler. La La Lally the most dangerous man in all of Washington. Yeah, I, 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 uh, I had a moment where I was just like, uh oh, is one of us? Are are you reading the the like the wrong version of Midnight Sun? Because that was that's been on my mind this week because you sent me the amazing <laughs> story, uh huh, uh about the twilight subreddit constantly falling for the fake version of midnight sun yeah damn it i was a little worried that it would happen to me <laughs> i i had a i had just the, the briefest flash of like 
uh oh, is this who's Lally? Lally's not in my book. What's ha- what, what's happening here? And then I, I just realized I was uh, I had mis misheard. It's a la- Lanny. 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 Uh, uh, which is a good a, a good serial killer name. I feel like is a, uh, Lanny a- not named in the original Twilight. No, no, we just get uh, the, that mysterious man and that threatening man and so on and so forth. Hmm. Yeah. Wait a second, why is he sometimes called Lonnie? L- Lonnie? Like with an O? Lanny? Lonnie? Yeah. Oh, well, is it this... is in the go- it does in the Google preview, but then when you go to the thing, it just says Lanny. I'm s- Oh, in the movie script, it looks like his name is Lonnie with an O. Oh. Is what I'm seeing here. And I wonder if this is just kind of a Lost in Translation thing. And because maybe Lanny sounds like Lonnie with like an accent, right? Right. Like a a cowboy saying it. The um, top comment on on the wiki is from 2012. I hate those men. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Get their asses. Fuck yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um. No, I, I, that that is a really fun story. So, like the the you sent me this this link to to a, a thread on the Twilight subreddit um, about the uh, the the uh, uh, people being kind of confused about a moment because we last week we had a chapter where Edward was reading over, or maybe it was a week before, where, where Edward was reading over Bella's shoulder, right? Yes. Um, re- reading Pride and Prejudice and. <laughs> Uh, apparently there is a version floating around out there, um, from before, uh, the real version of Midnight Sun came out, where they took the leak that was sort of incomplete and, like, added Jacob to a bunch of scenes as well. (laughs) And, and, like, Jacob is reading over Bella's shoulder as, like, they both are, which is, like, the funny, it's like that person (laughs) of interest meme where, like, like, everyone is sitting in the church pews pointing guns at each other, like. Yeah. <laughs> That's what the fandom is so powerful. The Twilight fandom seems to have its head screwed on mostly at least maybe not correctly, but like they they seem like they are they have a better perspective on the thing they like than like the Harry Potter subreddit does a lot of the time it oh, feels far like far and away. It's it's somewhat comforting to like go to the Twilight subreddit and see people asking like, "Hey, is this is this series like actually good?" And the, all the top comments are like, "Uh, it has some real problems, <laughs> you know." Like, right? They will they will uh, uh, usually it seems like at least uh, be fairly receptive to uh, the criticisms and and you know are aware of the the racism and whatnot. So like that that's something you know i i I appreciate that everyone not everyone but like you know a a significant portion of the fan base seems to uh have a a measured uh uh, take on this thing and it's it's not quite i wouldn't say that there's a sense that they all like it ironically it's just that they kind of have a uh an understanding of like where it sits you know what i mean yeah i mean one of the like i I mean this is not that good of a metric of anything but one of their like top 
uh, posts of all time on the subreddit is like the clasping hands meme. And on one side, it's like Twilight fans. And the other, it's like Twilight haters and their clasping hands <laughs> that's like making fun of Twilight. Yeah. <laughs> there's right, just there's yeah. a good humor there. Yes. Yeah. They, they, yes. The, it seems like, uh, at least, you know, like, like you say, this is not a, a real measure of anything, but just comparing the subreddits at least, um, uh, which is sort of kind of, I don't know, it's a decent enough measuring stick for like what the typical fan base might be like. Um, it, it seems like there's a, a better, a willingness to accept uh, uh, criticism than than the Harry Potter one, which is, I mean, like there's there was a thread you sent me earlier that was like, is Twilight a master? Like, do you actually think Twilight is a is a masterpiece? Uh, and everyone is going, no, <laughs> I, I no, I don't think so. Yeah, uh, yeah. Which, if you were if you were to ask that on the Harry Potter subreddit, uh, I imagine you would be getting some different responses. Yeah, you might be getting some dissertations. Yeah, literally. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I don't know. That stuff is, you know, it's, it's, it's frivolous. It's not really a measure of anything, but it, it is cute to go there and see like, oh, these guys have a, uh, a more measured perspective than you might imagine. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think doing some, uh, some diving into the fandom will be interesting once we get around to it. I, I am not the uh, fandom expert on this yeah. as I might be for Harry Potter. So I can't really speak to any of it with any, like authority, but I'm pretty sure that like the fan fiction realm is is mostly like filling out like more interesting side character stuff. Uh, yeah, I I I'm really excited to dive into some of the fandom stuff once I have a better grasp on like what happens in Twilight, right? <laughs> um, just because like there's so much fun stuff or like stuff that I can see that looks like a lot of fun and seems quite like quite. Uh, funny or, or or strange or whatever, but I I nonetheless like can't judge very well yet for finding stuff for like a third segment just because it's like well I haven't finished the book yet so I don't know what this this means right yeah, like yeah. I, um um so so I think maybe later in the um uh in 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 the show on on this book we can dig into some more of that stuff. That being said. I was able to find a reliable classic for this week, um, which is, of course, searching for uh, Twilight 2012 election. Wow. <laughs> Wowee. That is Old Faithful. Yeah, you you do not need to go very far to find fun op-eds where people compare uh, a YA novel that's gotten quite popular to a thing that is happening in the news. That's really lucky. <laughs> uh, this is truly bizarre. This is from uh, 2012, the Dallas Morning News. As election creeps closer, zombies and vampires may scare up votes. Okay. And I want to make this clear. This is not in this isn't like an op-ed that they that they that they ran, right? I mean like it is, but it's not presented that way. This is in the news and politics section. This is news here. Huh. So here we go. Forget about the speeches, policy, policy papers and swing state polling for clues on who will win the White House. Think zombies and vampires. No problem. No problem. I'm always thinking about at least one of those. <laughs> uh, 
to Republicans, the fear of this election is ever-growing deficits and a free-spending Washington. Like zombies, there's a creeping, ominous line of destruction headed directly toward their home, family, and way of life. So if GOP voters are sufficiently moved by their economy anxieties in November, it's good news for Mitt Romney. Some... I feel like it could be really bad, but it's so vague, I don't know what... Well, so there that was where I was worried it was going to go immediately, but it it's talking about spending in Washington and the deficit. So the politicians who want to spend more are, are zombies... For Democrats backing Barack Obama, the threat is different. It's vampires, bankers, hedge fund managers, and executives who suck your blood, outsource your job, and then disappear at dawn in their rakish suits. Okay. So also guys who spend money. (laughs) Public worries have long played themselves out in the movies. Most likely, plenty of Democrats are buying tickets this month to see Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. I forgot that had a movie. Okay, that made $37 million in the domestic box office. Yeah, this did not do great. Uh. <laughs> Bummer. Bummer, darn. We were, we were so epic back then. Yeah, god. Remember Pride and Prejudice and Zombies? How could I forget? Ugh, ew. Was Romney talking about zombies? Did I forget about this? So I do have a little twist for you at the end okay, of this okay. article. So what's the surprise ending? Australian statistician Mark West said there's long been a link between politics and horror stories. He's found a statistical correlation that show that more vampire movies come out when Democrats are elected president and more zombie movies in Republican years. Vampire flicks were frequent after 1976 when Democrat Jimmy Carter was in the White House. Again, but, like, so were zombie movies. That's, like, when the zombie... Yeah, 1978, Dawn of the Dead. So what the fuck are they talking about here? Okay. Okay. I, I, I'm, I'm building to my twist ending here. Okay, okay. Uh, opening in theaters in 1992 when Democrat Bill Clinton was elected was Bram Stoker's Dracula from directed, director Francis Ford Coppola. In other words, when va- voters have the scary image of zombies in mind, they go for the Republican. When vampires are stirring their deepest concerns, they vote for the Democrat. For the rival campaigns, it's about tapping into those feelings, energizing supporters, and getting them to turn out. This was the case four years ago when Obama became the nation's 44th president. The big movie that fall? Another neck chomper. Twilight. I don't think so. No, I don't. That is, this is such an amazing attempt to read tea leaves. Like, <laughs> oh, I know. This is like, you know, when people will like smugly say like, you know, uh, VHS won over Betamax because porno went on VHS or whatever. <laughs> That's like what this is to me. Like, uh, we know we know who the president's going to be because uh, there was a freaking vampire movie last year. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> I mean, I guess it's as reliable as uh, uh, Nate Silver, but nonetheless, well, yeah. <laughs> nonetheless an odd an odd choice uh uh for for political analysis however here is here is the actual twist here oh uh which is that romney during this election tried to humanize him his image by uh being asked about when he when he was asked about what his favorite books are he did say twilight what yes uh, so here you go. <laughs> Mitt Romney admits he's a big fan of Twilight. Uh, 
in a potential campaign-changing announcement, the 2012 presidential hopeful admitted to NBC's Jamie Gangle that he happens to be a fan of the Twilight series. The revelation came up during a discussion of books the former Massachusetts governor has read, including George W. Bush's recent memoir. Ooh, wow, I bet that's a gripping read. Um, but that's not all. Romney added, I like silly stuff, too. I like the Twilight series. That was fun. I don't believe him. <laughs> Asked if he liked vampires, the GOP hopeful replied, I don't like them personally. I don't know any. Oh, I thought he was going to say, I don't, I don't like them in Washington. <laughs> the ones in Washington. Well, have you, have you, have you heard of Crowmore the Soul Taker? Uh, <laughs> don't like that guy. If I was uh, president, he would be locked up immediately. <laughs> uh, and this continues to, uh, um, come up yeah if i because i i then like zoomed to search i was like oh fuck i've got to see if there's more romney twilight stuff <laughs> and uh after the election november 20th there's an article here vampire fan beats election defeat blues with twilight and pizza former presidential candidate mitt romney and wife Anne reportedly went for the screening of breaking dawn's part two movie last weekend <laughs> Gossip site TMZ claims to have spotted Romney and Anne seeing the movie in Del Mar, California, not home far from their oceanfront home. The pair was snapped in very grainy photos, which show Romney allegedly wearing a short sleeve shirt and his wife donning a red jacket with two unidentified young men. According to the report, after the movie, the Romneys went across the street for pizza, where the Rom defeated candidate cheerfully posed for photos with patrons. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if um what Mitt Romney thought of how they changed the Breaking Dawn movie for more action. Oh, yeah, I would see if I was TMZ, I wouldn't have really cared about the pizza thing. I would have like gone up to him and said, "Sir, sir, can you tell us what do you think of the changes the book the, the movie made to the book?" There's there's no reason not to interview someone about Twilight and not ask if they're team Edward or team Jacob. Yeah, fuck. They yeah, easy. See that see that makes me think that this isn't real. You know, maybe they, they go see the movie because it's the movie that's out. But like, how can you ask? How can you hear that, that Mitt Romney is a fan of Twilight and not ask him if he's Team Jacob or Team Edward? Uh, and then also, uh, does he like Breaking Dawn? Because those seem to be like the hot issues with, within the fandom, right? Yeah, you, you absolutely. Gotta ask him. You got to ask him that stuff. Huh? Yeah, I don't know. I couldn't find anything else. But if anyone... <laughs> If anyone has any other clips or articles of Mitt Romney or, or Obama, I was looking for Obama. Like, I wanted to see if Obama had, like, because, you know, he always does this, like, end of year list. Like, here's what I was listening to and, and whatnot. I was right. really hoping for some Obama Twilight takes, but uh, couldn't find anything. Damn. Should we do a quiz? Do you want to do a quiz to round us out? Oh, always. Yeah. Let's let's go to the, the Wizarding World portal. I wish Stephanie Meyer had Twilight quizzes, but she doesn't seem to. I guess it can't really do that until i finish but uh yeah um let's see here here's one what do you know about the next wizarding world generation that's about the kids from cursed child i guess oh what's what's speaking to you here quiz wise uh, we really did all the good complete the quote ones didn't we uh complete the quote molly weasley complete the quote jacob kowalski uh complete, um, uh, complete the quote, Dolores Umbridge. Hmm. I, I kind of want to redeem ourselves after the Delphini quiz. Can we do the second generation? Like, what do you know about the second yeah. generation kids? Yes. However, to that note, there is a complete the quote, Albus Potter edition. 
Should we do broad or should we just do Albus? What do you think? Let's do broad. I don't think I can do okay. quotes. Yeah. I don't have the Jim Dale memories, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, you have the Scorpius screeching memories instead. I do. Okay. The younger generation of witches and wizards certainly made an impression in Cursed Child. That is true. Made an impression. Can't argue with that. <laughs> From Scorpius to Albus to Rose, uh-oh. Mm. Uh, uh, can you recall what they got up to? I already know that I absolutely do not know what Rose got up to anymore. Okay, let's start. Didn't she just get, like, Thanos snapped for, like, most of the most play? Most of the play, yeah. <laughs> Which of these sweets did Scorpius not offer Rose and Albus on their first journey on the Hogwarts Express? We are fucked. Oh, shit. We are fucked. Okay. <laughs> Uh, number one, a chocolate frog. Number two, jelly slugs. Number three, pepper imps. Number four, fizzing whizbies. Which one did he not offer? These are all the same to me. These are all the same thing. Oh, God. I already can't even begin to remember this. Um, I want to say jelly slugs, and I'll tell you why. This is the okay. nostalgia fest. That is the least recognizable of this list. Ooh, that is a good observation. I think, okay, so I think that's true, but hear out my take on this one. Sure. The bladder three options here are all multiple. Jelly slugs, pepper imps, fizzing whizbies. Yep. The top one is a chocolate frog. And if he's like passing, if he's like passing stuff around, God, this is such an insane thing for me to say. He would be <laughs> speaking in multiples, right? Like, like want some jelly slugs, want some pepper imps, want some fizzing whizbies, right? Like, that's no, all No, because I got. the chocolate frogs are individually packaged. Oh, that's true. That's true. They yeah, come with get a card. In, yeah, they're like in a box, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Right. Fuck. Okay. So that yeah. So that's I can't I can't deduce my way out of this one. <laughs> Okay, so in that case, I think you are right, because Chocolate Frog is, like, the number one most nostalgic one. And yep. Pepper Imps and Fizzing Whizbees, I think, also are, like, because Pepper Imps, he has, he, he, we know one of them has to be a Pepper Imp, because he eats one and his ears go steam, steamy mode, Isn't right? Isn't there also, like, an effect with the Chocolate Frog, or am I making that up? Uh, I know there's one for the Pepper Imps, but I'm not sure about the Frog. Maybe? I don't know what a fizzing whizby is. Oh, I've had one. Um, what are they? They so the, so I mean okay. So I don't know what they are in the whizby <laughs> world. Um, but they they used to sell them um, here, kind of like they did with the Birdie Bots candies. Yep. And I can't remember what you call these. But have you ever had the kind of candy where it's like two wafers that have been put together that are like a ball and they look like a they look like a ufo or they look like saturn or something right where it's like sure it's like a it's like a ball with like a like a pressed wafer ring around it and inside it there's like pixie stick dust basically oh sure i, I don't know what those are called but they used to know. they used to sell those as fizzing whizbies um oh. uh in in Either I can't remember whether that was that was here or whether that was just in England or everywhere, but I, I I don't know what they're supposed to be in Harry Potter, but that's what they are in real life. Well, hmm. Well, here's something you could probably. I feel like jelly slugs are you could visually represent, whereas fizzing whizbies are really boring. 
Right. So if they did something for the pepper imp, they did like a thing for the chocolate frog. Yeah. Maybe there was a slug. Although I think I would remember that. I think he might have just been like holding a nondescript bag out to them. This is when they're on the train, I think. And then he eats a pepper imp and he like stands up and goes, wee, wee. And there's like a train sound because yeah. there's steam blowing out his ears. That That's the most I remember here. I, I think you're right. I think jelly slugs are the odd one out here because they're like less. I think that's fairly low on the like nostalgic candy in Harry Potter list. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to choose jelly slug. Fuck. It was a chocolate frog the whole time. Wow. <laughs> oh. Damn it. Damn it. Okay. Number two. On platform nine and three quarters, what does Ron pretend to steal from his niece, Lily? One, her nose. Two, her favorite teddy bear. Three, her packet of every flavor beans. Or four, a galleon. It's nose, right? It's nose. Favorite teddy bear is very mean. <laughs> All of these other ones are really mean. You're pretending to steal money from your child? It's like... <laughs> Damn, Ron. <laughs> Sorry, I need a galleon. Isn't a galleon like 50 bucks in Harry Potter? Like Hell yeah. <laughs> you just took your kid's entire like piggy bank doing that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's her nose. Uh, yep, correct. All right, number three. At the start of their fourth year, what does Scorpius say Rose smells of? Number one, pumpkin juice and cauldron cakes. Number two, dung bombs and pickled toad. Number three, lemon and peppermint. Number four, Fresh flowers and fresh bread. Uh, who's observing this? Scorpius. So he's not going to say dung bomb. Because he's nice. Scorpius is nice, right? He has, a, he has a crush on her, right? Yeah. Except in the uh, revision. Right. Scorbus. The yes. Scorbus revision. Scorbus real. Um, or, or not, as we discovered uh, watching the actual play. Um... Okay, so yeah, pumpkin juice and cauldron cakes is, like, mundane, right? Like, that's just be, like, that's what she's eating. Um, that's not, like, <laughs> that's not, like, have a crush on her kind of smell. Dung bombs out. That's out. He's not being mean. He's being nice. Lemon and peppermint or fresh flowers and fresh bread. Rose is... Rose is Hermione's daughter, right? Yep. Let's say fresh. Yes. I don't know if that's a point in their favor as being likely or not. I guess it depends on how fun it is to say out loud, right? Yeah, in the, the play. in the Scorpius voice, fresh flowers and fresh oh. bread. <laughs> oh god, I sound like Marge Simpson. Uh, so here here is where my thought process went. Lemon and peppermint, they're not they're they are quote not doing sugar at the moment. That much I remember. Mm -hmm. From from the play. However, is that like a subtle little, oh, she's sneaking candy now that she's on the train? Or is that uh, a clue that this is not an accurate answer? She wouldn't be having peppermint because it's sugar. Um, I think that it is just two random things that smell good. Yeah. But I think it's more likely than fresh flowers and fresh bread because that has fresh twice in it. Fresh twice. Okay, so should we do lemon and peppermint? Yep. It's a pleasant smell and doesn't say fresh twice. Oh no. It what was is it? it was the fresh and fresh. Fresh and fresh. See, that's the thing is it Fuck. could go either way cuz it could be good to hear out loud. Yeah. 
fresh flowers and fresh, fresh bread. Fresh flowers and fresh bread. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Oh, that's that's too bad. Fuck. Fuck. But you're right, though. It's it's fresh twice. That doesn't sound good. It, it, yeah. God. All right. Number four. Moving on. We we, we will redeem ourselves. Mm-hmm. Which of Harry's children was given his invil- invisibility cloak? Number one, none of them. He kept it for himself. Number two, Lily. Number three, Albus. Number four, James. James. Uh, James got it, right? Yep. Yep. Yes. It's sort of a trick question because Albus took it from him. But right. Yes, but I Albus think. Albus got the stinky blanket. Yep. Um, okay. Who was falsely rumored to be Scorpius's real father? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we know. <laughs> we know all we about know. this. <laughs> oh, we <laughs> We are clued in on this aspect of the plot. <laughs> Voldemort, correct. Yes. Yep, yep. <laughs> Now, how could that happen? <laughs> there, the quiz is not. The quiz should ask what what was rumored to have happened to <laughs> to Draco Malfoy. <laughs> okay, number six. When Scorpius and Albus changed history, which Hogwarts student asked Scorpius to the blood ball? Oh, oh, we're, we're getting all the so, hits. We're, good. we're yep. getting all the fucking hits here. Uh, that's Polly Chapman, Polly of course. Polly Chapman. Yes, Polly Chapman, that bitch. Uh, I feel like this was maybe one of the hard questions, but we are on it. <laughs> In which year did Rose make the Quidditch team? Oh, boy. Who cares? <laughs> Well, you have to be in third year, right? Second year. Oh, but... Second year for... But was it like she's special like Harry? So got in first year? Uh, the options Second are... person to ever do that? Yeah, our options here are fourth, second, first, and third. I thought that it was third year that you had to... Oh, but I guess Draco was Draco's on the team, on the team second, team, right? second year. Second year? It's gotta be second, right? Because she's athletic. Yeah, I, I, I think that we would remember if there was something as big as, like, she did the thing Harry did, right? Um, so I'm going to say she got in as soon as it was possible, generally, right? And go, second year? Yeah. Second year. We are correct. Second year. Wonderful. Oh, fuck off. And then I hit next, and the quest- next question is, and what position did she play? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> seeker, chaser, beater, keeper. I don't know. Keeper? Uh, no, that's no, Ron. Ron's that's Ron. Ron. Well, but maybe she follows her dad's footsteps. How about seeker? Seeker. No, we're all, all of our questions or all of our answers there were wrong. It was chaser, apparently. Whatever. <laughs> who cares? Uh, number nine. Who did Albus disguise himself as when he broke into the Ministry of Magic? Oh fuck! Because they all right, God they damn all it. picked different. Okay, so Albus. I got very confused during this. So yeah, I'm okay. So 
Uh, who kissed who? Right. So, so the options are Draco, Hermione, Harry, and Ron. Um, so Hermione is out, we know, because that was who Delphi went as. Um, Draco, they also didn't go as at all. I don't believe it was Harry, it was Harry and Ron. They pretended to be because they work there. Someone kissed Hermione. You kissed your aunt. Aunt. You kissed your aunt, and so you are Albus as Ron. Ron. Yes. Correct. Yes? All right. Yes. Okay. Okay. We we got there. Whew. Final question. At the start of their third year, Albus discovers which of Scorpius's relatives have died. We know. <laughs> we know this one. Astoria Greengrass. Astoria. Not even gonna read. But did the she other... turn into a snake? <laughs> Mother or... Astoria. What sorry, happened? your mom died, but was she a snake? Yeah, can you? I'm so sorry to hear about your mom. Uh, what? How big was the coffin? <laughs> <laughs> can you give me just like an estimate was it like a snake sized coffin <laughs> yes correct Astoria uh, so we scored 7 out of 10 hey that's not too bad not the worst yeah result nearly a Slytherwin good job you're nearly as knowledgeable as young Scorpius why not give it another go and see if you can get full marks that's uh, all right. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Didn't it just tell us all the answers? Yeah, I guess we could go again and get them all right. What would that? Would that is that honorable? What? <laughs> no. What, what would that make us? All right. Okay. Well, I think in that case, it's time for us to take it to the close. What do you say? Sounds good. Our theme song is Hot McGonagall by Cheshire Moon. Huge thanks to them, as always, for letting us use that as our theme song. You can find them on Bandcamp. You can find us at patreon.com slash shriekcast. You get your episodes early, and you get lots and lots of back bonus content and also new bonus content when we figure out when we're going to get around to that. But for now, Liz, what are we reading next week? This is such a good question. I think that I might be in for some extras, but but as far as I know, we both might be reading a chapter called Interrogations. Yes, my chapter is Chapter 10, Interrogations. Okay, so that's what we will be doing. All right. Well, if, uh, if reading all that theory last week <laughs> didn't uh, fill up your... A uh, brain full of knowledge, please read another book. Please read another book. But there's a lady in there, makes ocean raw seem tame. But I know what you're after if you catch her eye. Cause this hot mama is just a cat in disguise.